is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. What is up, everyone? Hope you had a great Canada Day long weekend. It is Tuesday afternoon. It's a short week, and the boys are back on Winnipeg Sports Talk and Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. What's going on? Andrew Patterson with you. Michael Remus as well. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, Jeff Hamilton's going to jump on with us. We will get to the Bombers' big win on Saturday, as well as the conversation he had with the boss of the Blue and Gold, Wade Miller. And outside of that, probably talking a lot of NHL offseason, free agency moves the Jets made, as well as everything else happening around the NHL. A little later on, for you Blue Jays fans, I should let you know, um, Boston Pizza is doing some special Blue Jays watch parties this week on uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday at some different Blue Jays locations with uh, some pretty neat giveaways and prizing. Uh, we're going to have a special guest come on in the last half hour of the show to fill us in on those, Celine Tremarchi. And uh, we'll get to the horse picks. Beautiful night to get out to Assiniboia Downs and uh, and so much more. But uh, great to be back. Great to have a few days of uh, R&R and... Uh, well, it wasn't a lot of R&R, actually, but uh, listen, some fun pool time, uh, getting outside, enjoying this gorgeous weather, and a hell of a start to the summer here in Winnipeg and Manitoba, and hopefully everyone had a great Canada Day long weekend. We'll find out how Remus's was in just a second. Before we do that, though, a big shout-out to the sponsors that make Winnipeg Sports Talk happen each and every day. Of course, our partners at CoolBet, Princess Auto, Consolidated Supply, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Little Brown Jug, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Aikens Lake Wilderness Lodge, the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, F Apparel, Wallace & Wallace, Vita Health Fresh Market, Canadian Club, Manitoba Battery, Aquatech, and Modern Man Barbershop. And of course, we'll be getting to a why not question of the day for Not Auto Corp overly, over at Waverly and McGillivray. Let's get Remus in here. Remo. Have you recovered from Nashville yet? Um, did you make the most of the weekend, and are you back close to 100%? Because I know neither of us were on Friday's show after traveling overnight to get back in time to fire it up on Friday. Man, Friday, yeah, Friday was a real rough one. Didn't get, uh, you know, their usual preparation in, and just wasn't feeling 100% after traveling. However, I did read a lot on Twitter we weren't the only ones with travel problems on Thursday. I think people were there on Friday. Some even stuck from Friday until Saturday. Um, so I did get Cam some. Robertson's, Cam Robertson's, um, yeah. or Robinson from Elite Prospects. His his travel was the most. Honestly, I know you were all bent. and I mean, whatever. I kind of roll with it. But we were delayed five hours and then got in at two and had to drive another three and a half hours back. It was not ideal. But I did actually somewhat feel fortunate that we were out of there and not dealing with that over Friday and Saturday, considering how many people did leave in Nashville over the weekend. Yeah, so, I mean, it worked out. We got in for the weekend. A beautiful weather here all weekend. Like, it's kind of cooled off a bit. It was, um, you know, spent some time at the pool on the weekend, so that was really nice. Got to relax. We didn't do a show. I felt, you know, this July 1, when it's on a weekend, I mean, we need some time off, too. I said I would take stat holidays off. We let uh, some other guys take over. Uh, the Jets were kind of active, but uh, we were not live, and I, I did get to recharge a bit, so that was nice uh, for the long weekend. Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I still can't believe they do this on the 1st of July. It is 
It's got to stop. Uh, it makes absolutely no sense. They would not do it on the 4th of July in the United States. So why today? I, I don't get it. That being said, we do have lots to talk about on the show coming out of the weekend. Um, very interesting. Um, first day of free agency and the first few days of free agency. And listen, I think we know that the Winnipeg Jets, you know, all things being equal, have a real tough time attracting free agents. And, and that is not normally a big part of the Winnipeg Jets team building plan. Uh, but I think they filled a couple of important holes over the course of the, uh, over the course of the few days. And we've got a pretty clear picture as to what the roster looks like, at least right now. But what is, what is going to be, I don't want to say problematic for the Winnipeg Jets, is that if they are looking to trade Connor Hellebuck or Mark Shifley, um, you know, they're getting close to their, like once they sign their RFAs, there's not going to be a lot of room under the 50 contract limit for the National Hockey League right now. So if you were thinking there was going to be a couple massive three or four for one trade, similar to the Dubois trade, I'm not sure that that's happening right now. But we'll, we'll talk about the trade market or lack thereof right now for Hellebuck and Shifley a little bit later on. Uh, but we may as well start off focusing uh, on free agency. Now, on Friday, Remo, this happened, I think, a little after we were on the sh- uh, after we were on the air. But very clearly, the Winnipeg Jets were going to be signing their RFAs. Um, Morgan Barron, Declan Chisholm, Rasmus Kapari, Dylan Sandberg, Logan Stanley, Gabe Velarde all got them. The one name that I think was a little surprising to folks was Leon Gavanka because he said he was done here. He was going back to Germany. Well, he did have an NHL out clause, and kudos to the Jets for signing Gavanka. I wasn't sure whether there would be any trade value. Just there was. They did make a. Uh, they did make a. Um, um, they did make a deal over the course of the uh, the weekend, and Gavanka is moved on to San Jose for a prospect, defensive prospect coming back here in the second year of his ELC right now. So certainly does kick the can off the road. But uh, I mean, to me, we were right off the bat. We had big questions as to what the goaltending situation was going to look like for the Winnipeg Jets with all the uncertainty as to where Hellebuck would be next year. And an old favorite, an old friend, LB, Loren Brassois, who was the guy facing Connor Hellebuck in the first round of the playoffs for the Vegas Golden Knights is back on a one-year deal for $1.75 million. And he's going to be backed up, well, or a third-string goaltender, if you will, Colin Delia, former Hawk and Canuck, on a one-way deal at $775K. Uh, I think the Brassois signing was very well-received. And um, listen, he didn't play a ton last year. That's the one thing about Hellebuck. Man, he's durable. Um, that being said, though, I think Loren Brassois has shown that you know, he certainly played well here in Winnipeg, which earned him that contract with the Vegas Golden Knights and maybe a little bit more opportunity to be a starter. He comes back here, and I do think that, you know, the possibility of being a starter once again if Hellebuck is traded was probably a big part of the reason why he uh, he came back. Yeah, and, and um, just to clarify, it was the uh, the qualifying offers were due for the RFAs. There were no contracts. Oh, did I? Did I may have mistaken, but yeah, they extended the uh, the qualifying offers. The qual- for yeah, all so Gavanka, they just did. They just qualified. Yeah, they just qualified to retain the rights. So good for him, uh, getting a chance for San Jose. I saw he was pumped on Instagram. You know, the first signing that came out to us was the Colin Delia signing, and I don't know like who's in charge of what order these signings come out in, but um, you know, you think they're trading Hellebuck, and you're like, what? They're going with Colin Delia as the starter, and you look at his career numbers. Um, 
there was last year he had a what uh you know 328 eight you know goals against 882 save percentage split time with Abbotsford and Vancouver they're like Colin Dealey they're going with him but then they Brossois signing came in like oh okay that makes way more sense uh one year 1.75 so he would be the backup you know I thought when he was here he should have played more um I don't know if they trusted him you know Shuffledoff said that but Brossois is a different goalie than he was and I think he you know, struggled a bit with health last year, as did every Vegas goalie. Um, but when he was here, we all saw him in the first round, Huss. He, you know, fended off those Euro backup chants and uh, shoved it down all, all the Winnipeg fans' throats. So uh, good for him. I'm excited to see him back. I hope he gets more games than he did uh, the last time. He's shown, he's shown he's more than a capable backup. So that's a really nice signing. One year, 1.75 mil. It's funny. I actually hope he doesn't get more games than the last time he's here because that means the Jets goaltender will still be Connor Hellebuck. <laughs> because if Hellebuck's not here, <laughs> you can rest assured that Brassois will be, be playing way more. And I, I mean, you know, when you looked at the goaltending market, um, maybe they handle it a little differently if Hellebuck had already been traded. But I think that and again, this is something we'll talk about with Hammer a little bit later on and we can get into once we get through these signings. Um, if you thought that it was for sure that Hellebuck would be gone this offseason, uh, I think things are looking a little cloudier when it comes to that, just for lack of you know a market on these goaltenders. Um, John Gibson wants a deal right now. And, and, and I guess, Rima, just quickly while we talk about Hellebuck, I mean, as far as signings go the one that probably has the most impact on Hellebuck's situation was fellow Vezina finalist Ilya Sorokin, who's, what, 26 years old? Coming off a you know, season in which he was one of the top three goaltenders in the league. He inked an eight-year extension with the Islanders at $8.25 million. So I, I really do wonder, you know, with Hellebuck's age and, and what the ask is, are, is there a team out there that's willing to push $9 million a year for Connor Hellebuck on a long-term extension? And on top of that, willing to trade the assets that the Winnipeg Jets need to move on from Connor Hellebuck. Um, it, it was interesting, Elliot Friedman said today, that he's feeling that the Winnipeg Jets are maybe going to take a little bit of time to to breathe on all of this. And obviously the biggest people that is concerning is Mark Scheifele and Connor Hellebuck's situation. And uh, I'm not sure whether the Hellebuck's, you know, he changes his tune about not signing an extension here because there's one thing that changes things very quickly, and that's money. <laughs> and if there's way more money here for Connor Hellebuck than there is elsewhere, maybe that is a reconsideration. Some people will say great, some people won't. Uh, but I think the Hellebuck scenario seems to be a little bit more up in the air just because there hasn't seemed to be any offers that have been close to really moving the needle uh, and then of course the Mark Shifley situation as well speaking of Mark Shifley at center the Jets did get a little more depth at the position bringing back Vlad Nemetsnikov who signs a two-year deal at two million per um, I really like this signing as well Reem. I mean he came in and uh, maybe being a revelation was a little bit of an extension but for a guy that I thought would probably be a bottom six player uh, when Mark Shifley famously got moved to left wing for reasons that were discussed plenty on Winnipeg Sports Talk, 
Vlad really clicked with Nikolai Ehlers and played very well there. And I think for a relatively low cost for two-year term, um, he can come in and play in the bottom six. He can play in the top six if need be. Um, this was an important signing, I think, for Winnipeg. And even better that you know what you're getting. And a guy that was here liked it in Winnipeg and decided that he'd come back. Yeah, I was pumped to see that signing. Two years, uh, $2 million. That's $1 million AAV. And he did click with Nikolai Ehlers. All the things you mentioned, he can play up and down the lineup. You look at his numbers. Last year, he played 20 games with the Jets. Had 10 points. Uh, had two points in, in the five playoff games as well. Um, and so, I mean, pretty low salary. And he, look, he went, I think we've been saying this since right after he was acquired. They got to sign this guy. They got to sign this guy. It seemed like he wanted to test free agency, see what was out there. And, there, you know, for a guy like him, you were in a lot of um, multi-year deals. And the Jets gave him one. And he said, yes, please. And we'll take his uh, 1 million AV. And he's doing a conference call, I believe, uh, later this afternoon. But I, he clicked with Ehlers, and he seemed like a fit. That was a, a really you know nice move at the deadline, and I think this is a good signing uh, for them. So, and we'll have to see what the roster looks like going forward. You know what, the, what happens with Mark Shifley, but you know you, you just put in pen right now the Nemestikov Ehlers and figure out who's who's with them. Oh, sorry, two, yeah. is it two? Is it two million AV? My bad. Yeah, yeah, I got two, million, two million, two million AV. times two years, so four yeah, yeah, million so in total. Two million. Thank you. Um, so Sorry you know he gets a, he gets a little bit of a uh, he gets a little bit of a boost, um, and he gets some security for the next two years. I'm not sure Nemetsnikov's ever finished a contract with the team he signed it though, <laughs> which is important <laughs> to know. He's well traveled, but uh, maybe he's found a place that he really fits in, and uh, you know, and uh, and and can make that his home for the next couple seasons. Other moves. I mentioned the Gavanka trade. They qualified him to retain his rights, traded him to the Sharks for Artemi uh, Knizhev, uh, who was uh, played 61 games with the Barracuda last year. And speaking of the San Jose Barracuda, they also signed a guy, Jeffrey Veal, V-I-E-L, to a one-year 775 league minimum contract. Reem, I... I Popped up Veal in the Hockey DB, and the first thing that stood out to me was the number in the penalty minutes department. Um, had a real good season last year in the American League. Played 60 games, scored 15 goals, had 31 points, and 150 penalty minutes. So at that point, I started to go down a bit of a rabbit hole on HockeyFights.com to see how he has uh, fared. Um, not a lot of big wins in the National Hockey League, but a guy that's got stones. Uh, he fought Zidane Chara in 2022 on the night that Chara broke the all-time record. Um, he's also fought Borvietsky, grabbed a couple of the other ones. Anyways, the guy's a gamer and has played well at the American Hockey League level. Uh, not sure whether he projects in to be part of the team or on the roster at the start. But there, ha there is a section of the fan base that would like this team to get a little bit more aggressive and a little bit tougher. And it certainly seemed like that was a big part of the Veal signing. And then the other signing that came after July 1 was another returning player, Axel Janssen Fialbi, back on a two-year deal. Year one is a two-way deal. Year two is a one-way deal. League minimum, 775 AAV. And... I don't know about you, and I'm interested to hear what people in the chat think of that one. I was a fan of Axel. I think there's a lot of things that he does well. Obviously, he is a depth player, but he's got great wheels, can uh, kill penalties. 
And when you, I guess, compare his ice time and production to some of the others in the bottom six, he actually came out looking pretty good. So the fact this is a two-year deal, they can send him down if they need in year number one, um, I certainly had no issue of that. But the key signings from my perspective was Loren Brassois coming back to Winnipeg and Vlad Nemetsnikov in the, in the middle, a real versatile player that can do a lot of things for the Winnipeg Jets. Yes, I was, I mean, honest, I was a bit, first of all, Jeffrey Veal, I was not familiar with the player. I texted Ezra Ginsburg of Legal Curve right away. I'm like, oh, he would make the all-food team, last name Veal Hus. And yeah, 6'2", 205. Chevy described him as a bigger, bigger guy, a bruiser. And your scouting report, uh, scouting report, I think, said, what corroborates that. The Axel one, I was happy for Axel getting a two-year deal now. He is not uh, waivers exempt, so they could, uh, they can still send him down. He'd be, you know, low salary, but someone could pick him up. Although he was what placed back on waivers last year, and no one, no one grabbed him. Um, I I liked his game. He was fast. Um, he, you know, he had energy. You know, his efficiency in terms of points per minute was solid compared to other guys in the bottom six. But it seemed like the coaching staff really didn't like him. Uh, what Carson Kuhlman was ahead of him for a long time. No, he's no longer on the Jets, and it seemed like they really didn't like playing him. I don't know if it was because of handedness or what, but it seemed like the guy, they gave him a two-year deal, and he said, yeah, I'll stick around. So two years, uh, seven seventy-five thousand AAV. So uh, I'm a fan of Axel. We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I think he's just uh, I think he's a bit low on the depth chart, but if injuries, he'll definitely get in. Whoa, breaking news. Hot the dog. Nathan's Hot Dog Contest has been uncanceled. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's back right now. I have it on PSN two. Oh my god! Okay, we're gonna have to keep an eye on this. Joey Chestnut going for history, the sixteenth mustard belt. And just quickly for folks that you know are maybe listening to this afterwards, Mickey Sudo competed this morning, won again in the women's competition, and then some bad weather came into Coney Island, and they they canceled the event. To which point. Joey Chestnut went out into the crowd, greeted the fans, and said that he was going to get the guys out, and they wanted to eat. And apparently, it is going on right now. So we will uh, we'll keep an eye on that, and let you know what's happening in the uh, Nathan's con- Nathan's contest. I, I know we're in the middle of this Jets, but um, I can't believe they didn't have like an alternate plan. And I saw people tweeting like they knew there was a storm; they should have done it earlier. Like. Or they could have just gone inside and eaten hot dogs to cancel the event. I had major disappointment when I saw that report. Oh, my God. Me, too. I'm like, the only the only thing that can defeat Joey Chestnut is Mother Nature. Talked about that in the lock shop today. But uh, let's go, Joey. Let's see what happens. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that throughout the afternoon here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, but let's get back to some of the more... Uh, more important ones. Other Jet news, former Jets moving on, Reem. Uh, we knew Blake Wheeler was going to uh, preferably go to somewhere in the East. And he mentioned that he wanted to cut down on the travel. Good move for Blake then going to the New York Rangers. He signs a one-year deal for just 800 k I think there's about three hundred grand in performance bonuses. So he'll be playing with the New York Rangers. Big save Dave joins uh, Carter Hutton and Phoenix Copley in L.A. with the Kings as uh Probably the third goaltender on the list right now. And I will admit, I was disappointed on July 1st when I saw that a WST favorite, Stenny, Kevin Stenland, 
ended up going to the Florida Panthers. If you had told me like two weeks ago that Stenny would be gone and Axel would be back, I wouldn't have believed you, but that is the way that it shook out. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov going back to Florida, Riley Nash going to the Rangers, two years at 1.55 uh, LA, and Trevor Lewis goes back to the LA Kings, <laughs> a place where he had uh, quite a bit of success. It's funny, I was putting together these notes of former Jets signings, and yeah, Wheeler and Rich, or the obvious one, Stanny too. I mean, what a, that was a nice signing, uh, Stanny, last year for the Jets, and he parlays it into a one. But yes, remember when Trevor Lewis played for the Jets? I thought he was he was going to be out of the league after that. I thought he was, he was done. He was in Calgary with Daryl Sutter, now in L.A. It's funny that you mentioned Cal, you know L.A. signing David Riddich. Are they seriously going with that with that what trio of goaltenders? Yeah, and they think they're going anywhere in the playoffs with that Carter Hutton. Phoenix Copley and David Ridge. That sounds not ideal, Hustler. Sounds like what Vegas had last year and they won the cup. A bunch of guys. Bunch of guys. Hey, I was probably saying the same thing about Brossois and Aiden Hill, Logan Thompson. So, I mean, you might, you might be right, but uh, we'll have to see what happens. It's, I mean, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah. I mean, it takes a huge risk that one of those guys is going to step up and give them legitimate goaltending. I mean, I guess they can always... Acquire it. They know there's a Vesna Trophy winner available in Winnipeg right now. Um, it's the cost to get that player, I think, that is probably, oh. um, you know, very difficult for uh, for oh, uh, Ellie to pay. And, of course, they've got the cap issues. Yeah, they also have Cam Talbot, who they signed for a one-year, $1 million deal. I was actually, you know, as far as goalies go, some of these goalies, like, not getting a ton of money. You know, I was we talking about destinations for Connor Hellebuck. Carolina, you know, they just brought back both their guys, Andy Ranta and Freddie Anderson. And, I mean, what a nice total number for those two goalies who are very good. And they also have Kochetkov, uh, one of their prospects. So Ranta was one year, 1.5. Anderson, two years, 6.8. That's a 3.4 AAV. So what, you got two goalies there for, I can't add that quick, for like five mil? Just over eight mil for the two years. So, I mean, that's... Or five mil per, yeah. Five, five mil total for two goalies. So... I mean, would you rather have five mil for two pretty good goalies and then you have your prospect goalie? Or do you want to pay one goalie, um, you know, eight and a half million like the Islanders did with Sorokin? The Islanders also brought back Varlamov, four years, 11 million, 2.75 cap. It. So they're playing two goalies. Uh, and Varlamov's 35 years old. For him to get a four-year deal, I guess maybe They got goal. 11 million. They got 11 mil in the crease. They got I, th- I guess that's not... That's a bit on the high side. You're paying one guy... You know, eight point two five. It's a bit on the high side, but they've got one of the best in the league, and they've got a really yeah. strong backup as well. So, I mean, how much do you value goaltending? Uh, that essentially is what it comes down to. And a lot of people, all of a sudden, for reasons unbeknownst to me, think that you can just get away with having whoever in the pipes. Uh, I'd rather have a Vesna Trophy winner, personally, myself. Um, but again, I know there's a lot that goes into it: costs, how long you're committing to these players. And there wasn't a lot of term given out in any of these deals, with the exception of that one to um, uh, to Sorokin. And I guess he would have been an RFA as well, so that would have affected it a little bit. But, I mean, 26 years old, coming off the season that he had, I mean, the Lou Lamarillo prioritized him long-term, and uh, that was uh, that was what they did. Of course, Josh Bailey uh, Josh Bailey moved on as part of the, uh, the moves to make room for that. Um, we're going to get to uh, Kevin Chevalier off in just a second. Tomorrow, though, 
Jets' development does start. Um, this is going to be interesting. And just speaking of goaltending, uh, we are going to see uh, Dom DiVincentis, the OHL Player of the Year. I would imagine Thomas uh, Thomas Milich will also be there. I mean, two very young, uh, well-decorated prospects at the junior level coming in for their first uh, for their first camp. We're also going to see Colby Barlow and Zach uh, Neuring, who Jacob Julian, who were just picked last week. Uh, Chaz Lucius will be there. Brad Lambert's going to be there, and of course uh, Rutger McGrory as well, and Nikita Chibrikov. So. Uh, oh, and Elias Salmonson also there uh, from last year's draft had that real strong year in September in uh, in Sweden last year. So if you're off or the kids are off, might be a good time to get down and check out what's happening at the Iceplex over the next few days. And I think we'll be heading down for that, trying to get a little bit of audio and some content as well for the show uh, on that. Listen, just before we hear from Kevin Shoveldayoff, let me give a big shout out to our friends at Modern Man Barber Shop. Now with eight locations in the city of Winnipeg including their two newest locations on Pembina Highway right near Bishop or Plessy Road. Modern Man Barbershops offer a variety of grooming services, including haircuts, beard shaping, shaves, color services, and more. An incredible selection of men's hair care products. Book your look via modernmanbarber.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at modernmanbarbershops. Uh, it was definitely pool weather on the weekend if you're in and around the city and not near a lake. Uh, if you weren't in a pool, maybe you were thinking about getting one. Well, why not make 2023 the year you take the plunge with Aquatech? Visit aqua-tech.ca to design your own custom pool. Their team can provide on-the-spot pricing from designers as well as financing options that suit you. And a whole home reno start with Aquatech as well with thousands of renovations as their foundation. Let them upgrade any space in your home. Aquatech is ready to make your rental dreams a reality. Learn more about design, pricing, and financing options at aqua-tech.ca. Well, Manitoba Battery uh, got you covered for the long weekend and now for the rest of the summer. And while you and your family are enjoying some time off away from school and work, uh, it's all about efficiency and maxing out the amount of time you're spending with your kids and not taking care of the details to make those days that much more fun, like buying batteries. And that's where our friends at Manitoba Battery come in. Literally have batteries for everything. Boat batteries, Sea-Doo batteries, uh, mo- uh, uh, dirt bikes, lawn tractors. You name it, they've got it. And the best part about it is you're shopping local you're getting the best prices in town, beating the pants off the big box stores. And to save you that extra hour or two, you don't even have to head down there. Get on down to manitobabattery.com, check out what you need, order it, and Manitoba Battery will deliver it to you for free anywhere inside the perimeter, same day if you order by 1 p.m. Again, manitobabattery.com online. Make the most of summer and let Manitoba Battery bring their batteries to you. And I got to tell you, I have a feeling there was quite a few CC and gingers being enjoyed on the weekend. Of course, uh, Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey is Canadian Club. Proud sponsors of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Winnipeg Sports Talk. Uh, but everywhere I went on the weekend, we saw more and more of the CC and gingers, which is available now in cans and 473 milliliter cans at your local Manitoba liquor marts and beer vendors around the around the city. And of course, there'll be a plenty of those available for you on Friday night when the Bombers are back at home 
for a Friday night game as Canadian Club is the official spirit of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. All right. Let's get uh, let's hear a little bit of Kevin Shovel Day off. We'll talk about more of free agency in the scene around the league uh, later. But focusing in on the Winnipeg Jets, Kevin Shovel Day off did speak afterwards, and uh, uh, obviously Vlad Nemetsnikov coming back was I think good news to most Winnipeg Jet fans with what he showed during his short time here post trade deadline. Shovel Day off discussed signing Nemetsnikov to a two year extension. You know, I thought today went uh, went well for us. We've uh, obviously we've been in constant contact with uh, with Vladdy's camp um, over the course of the summer, and you know wanted to to, to make sure that that was something that uh, we stayed close on, and you know hoped that we could do. We obviously made the trade that that um, you know acquired uh, some additional forwards uh, within the lineup, so we kind of had to take a step back and adjust and look. Um, you know, as to how, you know, things would fit. But, you know, ultimately when we took a good hard look at it today, we said, you know, let's let's get at this. And, um, you know, Vladi was awesome and he's excited, I think, to, um, you know, to, to be back. All right, there is, uh, there's Kevin Shoveldayoff. And, you know what, listen, we've made a lot about guys that apparently don't want to be here. Nice to hear about some guys that do want to be here. It was a big theme and topic last week after the Colby Barlow selection. And great to hear that about Nemetsnikov. And uh, I would say the same thing about Loren Brassois. Uh, certainly enjoyed himself here in Winnipeg. I think his time here in Winnipeg was big to, you know, getting a bigger deal with the Vegas Golden Knights. And now with, you know, them committing to Aiden Hill after he went on that crazy run and won the Stanley Cup, Brassois looks to come back to Winnipeg with an opportunity of playing even more, especially with the potential that Connor Hellebuck might be leaving at some point. Here's Chevy on the Brassois signing. Going into the situation here, we were looking for you know adding some some depth to the goaltending situation, and and uh, you know I think we were able to add uh, you know two obviously you know great goaltenders to the organization here, and one is very familiar with us. LB is uh, uh, you know someone that uh, you know when we signed him several years ago, I think a lot of people uh, you know didn't uh, didn't know you know much about him. Uh, and I thought Wade Flaherty is, you know, did a great job of, of, of helping him grow. And, um, you know, he went on to, you know, another situation there for a period of time. And uh, again, when the opportunity to come back to work with Hellebuck, uh, I think was, you know, something that, uh, you know, uh, appealed to LB as well. Um, and, you know, I think they will be a good tandem. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, LB's, you know, grown, uh, you know, in the goaltending department as well. And he's a different goaltender than, you know, he was when he was here the first time, which, you know, is going to benefit our organization. All right. There is uh, Kevin Cheveldayoff on uh, the return of Loren Brassois. And, and Remus, I- I'm sure this was your reaction as well, as well as most fans. Really interesting to hear Chevy talk about he's looking forward back to coming back and working in tandem with Connor Hellebuck. Like, I'm not sure whether that is, they just have to speak that way because Hellebuck is still a member of the Winnipeg Jets or things have changed, which some, including Elliot Friedman, have sort of speculated that there is the potential for that to happen. Uh, But it certainly didn't sound like he was coming back to be the starting goaltender because Hellebuck's exit is imminent. Yeah, you just look around, like New Jersey's, if they wanted to do a trade, they would have already done it. I mean, Carolina was a team we thought maybe could take a run. They just signed their two goalies. Pittsburgh uh, didn't, you know, they had free agent goalies. They signed Tristan Jari to, what was it, a five-year deal for 
million and then sign Alex Nedeljkovic as their 1.5 million for one year backup. Like I don't know how many teams out there, especially but you look at the salary cap, every team against the against the cap, how are you going to bring in a goalie makes 9 million dollars and I think I think if the Jets wanted to extend Hellbuck, they would be happy to give him the money and he's got to decide does he want to take the money here or to go try and win and get elsewhere if the money's even if the money's not going to be available. So I'm I'm curious, Huss, because I don't know if there's a partner here uh, for them to trade with. It, it doesn't seem that way right now. And I guess, I mean, you know, the one thing this does do is gives them the opportunity to go in with Hellebuck at the beginning of the year if they can't find a trade that is even close to the value that they're looking for and, you know, get the most out of Hellebuck. He, he's signed to a great deal and he can help you win hockey games. Play him in a tandem along with Loren Brassois. And at least you've got a guy that you feel confident that can kind of run with it if he's traded at some point or traded at the deadline. And then there's the other option that maybe everything that we heard about him not signing an extension with the Winnipeg Jets, maybe, maybe that's changed. And I'm not saying that it is, but it was quite interesting to hear them talking about Hellebach and Mark Shifley, to be perfectly honest, that maybe things can change on both of those players. Uh, I think people know the where I stand on this one. I would be more than open on one of them. And one of them, I think it's very important that they move on from, and it's not Connor Hellebuck. So we'll get to that later on. Jeffrey Veal, the guy that I was perusing his hockeyfights.com dance card after his signing, um, comes as a guy that, you know, maybe a little bit of a different type of player the Winnipeg Jets have. Here's uh, what Kevin Chivaldayoff had to say about the former San Jose Shark product that now wears JetBlue. Jeffrey Veal is, uh, you know, someone that, you know, we've talked to San Jose several times about, uh, you know, before in the past, didn't work out when he was on waivers at different points in time, but, you know, he brings an element of, uh, of hard-nosed grit, sandpaper, uh, good size, that energy, I think, that, um, you know, you want, uh, you know, on the bottom side of, of your, uh, your lineup. All right, so there is a, a little bit on Jeffrey Veal. As I said, you can go in and uh, check out some of his dance card. I didn't see a lot. I didn't look at a lot of the AHL fights. It's quite the site, by the way, hockeyfights.com. I don't spend a lot of time there, but, you know, much like many things on the internet, hockey DB, you can really, you can really go down a rabbit hole on that site. And uh, I didn't go too far down on Jeffrey Veal, um, but I was quite impressed with uh, maybe not necessarily the results, but the guys that he was stepping up against, the biggest and baddest, including Zdeno Chara in the NHL. Uh, you saw the Toronto signing Ryan Reeves for some toughness. I don't know how many games Jeffrey Veal is going to play, but uh, by the sounds of it, they tried to get him on the roster before, and now they signed him. So uh, we'll see how he slots in. I don't know if he'll play in the NHL, maybe just with the Moose, but... Um, an interesting signing, and uh, what, Shuffledale called him a guy with some sandpaper, so uh, there you go. Just a quick update. The uh, the contest did go down on, on Coney Island. Joey Chestnut, the greatest to ever do it, arguably the greatest athlete of our time, has a 16th mustard belt, uh, but only down 16 hot dogs, or sorry, 62 hot dogs and buns today to win by, I believe, 16 or, or 15 over his next closest uh, compatriot or competitor. 
but as I said, very poor eating conditions today. They didn't have fast buns, but there he is, <laughs> Joey Chestnut. 16 mustard belts, and not even Mother Nature could keep Joey down today. Um, arguably the greatest American to ever live. And uh, 4th of July is Joey's day. Oh. So, uh, so there you go. Joey, he I, saved America by going ahead. It wouldn't have been the same. I don't think we could continue if they didn't do the, the contest. You know what? Can you, can you even blow off fireworks tonight if you haven't given out a mustard belt no. on Coney Island? I'm not sure. No. And showed it to Pat Gregoire. He said, you know what? Coney Island definitely needs to build a dome. You cannot have... <laughs> You cannot have this potentially not happening because of weather. Uh, weather next okay, year. This, this picture, though. Just, hold on. This is, him. this is like a face of a guy who just ate 62 hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's in pain. He just cruised. Well, the thing is, he may have actually eaten a little bit before when they thought that it was canceled because yeah. it's crazy. Great interview with uh, Joey on Monday's Pardon My Take if you uh, want more on... Uh, Maybe the most dominant athlete of, uh, of our times. Well, let's get back to Chevy, though, because I could talk about Joey Chestnut for a long time. Um, number four, Remo. It's just overall, Chevy Dayoff, excited for the season going forward after, I think, overall, a pretty good week for his club, starting off with the big blockbuster trade of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Here's Chevy uh, looking ahead. Uh, we're excited. I think I said in my media at, at the uh, you know at the draft, like both Scheif and, and Helly are big parts of our organization. Um, you know, we got lots of good pieces here. I think the addition of of you know the the, the keeping of, of of Vladdy, the addition of of the you know the three forwards. Um, you know, I think it really gives us a group of forwards that that we really haven't had at any point in time. You know, in this organization from from top to bottom. You know, that group of 12, 13, 14 forwards there, you know, there's lots of options. There's lots of different ways to put them together. There's, you know, um, there's there's lots of different things that I think the coaching staff, when we've had our meetings and talked about, you know, that excites them. You know, it, it's it's a, it's a lineup of, of guys that um, there's there's a few guys on the younger side that, that have something to prove. And I think over the period of time, we've always seen that, like, you know, the, the, the teams that start at a certain point, um, you know, in, in September and October, it's how you grow, you know, throughout that period of time with young players and, and how they become, you know, more entrenched and, 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 and grow and blossom in their organ, in their um, evolution of, of their games. That's how you become a better team. And, and uh, so we're excited about that. And obviously we've got some depth on the back end there right now. We'll have to play, you know, that'll have to sort itself out as, uh, you know, as we go here. And, and I think that, you know, in net, uh, again, we've got a, a, a good, you know, strong, strong tandem there. So I'm excited about this group. All right. Kevin Shevelday, I'm excited about his group. Um, here's where things get interesting, though. And, and I think this is going to be, if I wanted to predict what the Jets topic for the next few weeks is going to be on Winnipeg Sports Talk. I think it'll have a lot to do with these next two quotes from Dayoff because as it stands right now, Hellebuck is still a Jet and so is Mark Shifley. And um, it was expected that maybe one or both of those players would be dealt in addition to Pierre-Luc Dubois. Chevy was asked if he's comfortable starting the year with 55 and 37 on the roster. Here's what he had to say. 
Yeah, it's something I'm definitely comfortable with. We've uh, we've talked about a lot of different things. I think that uh, you know you look at the moves that we made. Um, obviously, the PLD trade um, was was something that um, we're you know worked you know exactly how we had hoped it, it might. And, and you never know going into something like that if it if it can. You you know you address your, some of your needs right now. We get a you know a, a good pick you know in, in next year's draft. Um, obviously, um, I do want to say that uh, I'd like to extend my you know most heartfelt thank you to. Uh, to Blake Wheeler and, and his family um, for you know all the years that uh, you know that he put into this organization, what uh, the family has put into the community, and, and uh, you know the, the player that that he was. He bet on us several times, and and um, you know uh, unfortunately we got close and, and just not close enough. But you know he was a tremendous uh, part of that, and uh, in, in some ways it was. It was good for both of us just to be able to, um, you know, to part ways and, and um, where both sides are, you know, on an amicable speaking, you know, good type of relationship. And, and um, you know, I'm happy that he, you know, found a good situation for himself today. But, you know, real thankful for, for all the things that he's done, you know, for our organization. But so that being said, like we've we've changed, uh, you know, quite a bit of you know, different aspects and avenues, uh, you know, of, of our organization. So I'm, I'm real comfortable with where we're at right now. And um, the summer's long, you know, who knows what happens or anything like that. But it, it's certainly something that, that, you know, I'm, I'm excited about with this group that, as it sits in front of me. All right, so there's Chevy on uh, Hellebuck and Shifley's situation, being comfortable with those guys being on the Jets at the start of the year, if that's the way it goes. And, of course, thanking Blake Wheeler, who was bought out on Friday, um, and Wheeler did put out a nice video thanking Winnipeg, thanking the fans for his time here. And as Chevy mentioned, he yet did get a nice landing spot out there in Manhattan with the New York Rangers, albeit at a uh, major haircut of what he was scheduled to make. But got the buyout, signed a shorter-term low-market deal, and uh, you know we'll get a chance to play out uh, out there. Um, there. <laughs> I guess we'll play this as well, and then we'll talk about these in t- it together because uh, the the Shifley the and Halibut situations are somewhat fascinating. I think it has a lot to do with where the cap is right now, has a lot to do with the economics of the league and what other teams have con- committed. Um, but while there was some interest in, in Halibut, there, there really didn't seem to be a ton of interest in Mark Shifley. Not necessarily interest, but maybe being willing to pay the price the Winnipeg Jets wanted. And I do think there is a sense from some people I talked to in Nashville that, you know, Mark Shifley with his new representation uh, are going to be asking for a very, very significant contract, um, which obviously might scare a few teams away. But um, Chevy was asked if the door has closed on an extension for either Mark Shifley or Connor Hellebuck. I don't think they are. Like I don't think the ex- door is closed for an extension. I think there's still you know opportunities for extension on both. And you know again, I, I think there has been a little bit of a kind of a taken out of context narrative in, in Mark Shifley's situation. When I met with with his uh, representatives at the combine, he was open to anything. That was his you know mantra from the beginning. And I told him, I said, look, you're gonna probably see your name out there. It's just simply that time of the year. And um, but that it didn't mean one thing or another when it comes to that. Well, you know, what, one thing about when a guy who, you know, has signed one extension or signed, you know, something within the organization and, you know, gets him to a point of unrestricted free agency, um, you know, it, it's kind of, um, you know, you want them when they make that next choice 
to be, you know, sure that they're going to do it because that next choice might take them to the end of their, you know, their contract and stuff like that. And, you know, we went through it with Blake Wheeler when, you know, we gave him this last extension and we talked about, you know, all the different things that we even talked about that this might be, you know, a situation that happened, uh, you know, in the end. And, um, you know, again, these, these players, you know, played hard for us and have played hard and, and are going to continue to play hard for us moving forward. All right, so uh, certainly not closing the door on uh, on anything when it comes to uh, Shifley and Hellebuck. Now, later on, uh, Marat did um, try to clear up the situation with Shifley and Hellebuck. Here's how that sounded. So it sounds like you're saying that you're, the plan is for LB to, to back up Hellebuck. Yeah. That you're also open to listening, to seeing what's out there as well. You have to as a manager. That's, that's your job. Um, and so... Same with respect to Shifley, where you're prepared for him to to be on the roster, but you're open to sort of seeing what, what happens there. But I think they would create big holes in our organization and, you know, as, as we feel moving forward here. So, you know, again, like, the, you know, you're always going to listen. Uh, I think that's that's incumbent upon, you know, a manager. Um, but, you know, there's there's certain parameters that, that, that have to be followed um, because, again, this, this, they are important parts of our organization. And there will be conversations that are had with both of their camps at some point in time. What they lead to or not remains to be seen. Um, but, you know, um, you know from, from, our, from our standpoint, uh, you know, we're, we're certainly open to it. And uh, like I say, that, you know, the, 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 I weren't, I'm not sure if you're here or not. Like, Helly, you know, uh, was fully made apprised that we're signing LB when, when LB, you know, made his decision, and he was excited about it. All right, so there's a little bit more from Chevy. And, uh, <laughs> Reem, you had an interesting comment while we were playing that one. Yes, Hus, I was saying to you that it just sounds like just the way the market is, these these the Jets need Hellbuck and Shifley, and Shifley and Hellbuck need the Jets. They're, they're made for each other because it seems like no teams are willing to trade for them. And as Sheveldayoff said, if those players aren't there, there's big holes. How are you replacing Mark Shifley's 40 goals in the lineup? You know, he's your number one center. Um, you know, I think it's e- it would be easiest for everyone if they just sign, figure out a way to sign. Is he an still extension. a center or is he left wing? Oh, I guess we'll have to wait. I'll have to wait until tra- training camp. <laughs> we'll have to wait, but it just sounds like they need each other uh, more than they're willing uh, willing to admit. And you know, maybe bringing in Brossois, although it is only for a year. You know, he's got a relationship with Hellbuck. Maybe that helps things. Uh, I don't know, but uh, it just sounds. Uh, we'll have to wait. I guess Boston. If you're talking about a Shifley trade, Boston seems to be the place because. You know, we haven't talked about winners and losers of free agency, but I think Boston gets an in- incomplete grade because who's playing center for them? They don't have, what, Bergeron and Krejci? What, these guys are just taking their sweet-ass time here? And Boston really hasn't filled those those holes after winning the President's Trophy. So, um, I don't know. I think I could see, you know, I was before I was like, you know, you got to trade these guys. got to trade them. You can't, you can't sign them to an extension. But I don't know. It seems like no one wants to trade for them because the salary cap hasn't gone up and teams don't want to pay goalies 30 year old goalies nine million dollars but i think the jets might be forced into keeping these guys because i don't know what other options they have like well here let's let's put this out hammers uh, hammers on deck and he's going to join us and we'll continue this conversation but uh why not question of the day for not autocorp overly at waverly and mcgillivray if the winnipeg jets are going to sign an extension for one of those two players connor hellebuck 
or Mark Shifley? There's one extension to be had. Ooh. Who are you signing? Is Ooh. it Hellebuck or is it Shifley? Very interested. And let's assume that it's a long-term deal at market value, which is you know significant money, which would put that player, um, in all likelihood, the most highest-paid player on the team. In the chat, no, why not question of the day? Hellebuck or Shifley? If you're extending one of them, which one is it? Um, all right, Hammer's coming up right away. Let me uh, give a big shout-out to our friends at Vita Health Fresh Market, who are always stocked with great prices on natural and organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries, and Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. And, hey, barbecue season is in full swing. Get down to Vita Health and stock up on some delicious Vita Market grass-fed bison and beef steaks. And, uh, hey, we got men's health on top of mind as well. Garden of Life has some unique formulas like Prostate Protect and One's Daily Men's to help support men's gastrointestinal health. Uh, local delivery available for Vita Health Fresh Market online at myvita.ca at their fully shoppable website or pop down and see them, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Vita Health with seven Winnipeg locations, and as I mentioned, online at myvita.ca. Uh, our friends at Wallace & Wallace are busy right now in this summer as Winnipeg's fencing and overhead door specialists. If you need the security and protection of a new fence or if winter did a number on your old one, give them a call. They've got vinyl, ornamental, welded wire, chain link, or wood fences. And if it's time to replace your garage door, they've also got Winnipeg's largest selection of overhead garage doors. 452-2700 is the number. The Wallace & Wallace team will arrange a time to come out and give you a free estimate. You can also visit them at wallsfences.com or pop down to their showroom on Lawson Road off of Keniston. Uh, how's the wardrobe looking, fellas? You checked out the closet, everything fitting and looking good, or do you need to upgrade your menswear as we get into the rest of wedding season and the upcoming fall? Well, if you do, you need to get down to F Apparel. Custom suits beginning at 400 bucks, along with chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both tucked and untucked styles, and an incredible selection of menswear accessories. 15% discount for wedding parties, so if you and the fellas need to look great for the big day and have a suit that you can wear after the big day, F's where to do it. Tell them, uh, bring the gang down. You get a 15% discount for everyone in the wedding party. Again, F Apparel's at 190 Smith Street downtown. Make an appointment or find out more online at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And whoo, what a weekend to pop by and see our friends Nick and Nikki down at Nick and Nikki DQ. Four locations, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's, and DQ Niverville. The summer blizzard flavors are in, and they're going fast, and there's nothing better to uh, make that hot summer day in Manitoba a little cooler than a DQ blizzard. And, of course, all those great DQ ice cream treats, dilly bars, buster bars, and more. Grab a couple boxes of those to stick in the freezer for the kids when you can't get out. Four locations. Hit them up on Instagram as well if you need a custom cake, ice cream, or blizzard for an upcoming event at DQ Manitoba. All right. Hammer time on WST. Let's get Jeff in here. He's back from Montreal on that big bomber win, and uh, we got a lot of talk to both on the football and the hockey side. Hammer, what's up, man? You made it back okay? How, how's it going? Yeah, I made it back okay. The uh, When we talked a couple days about my dream situation in Montreal, it didn't actually pan out. I did come home on on the day I was scheduled to. I was too disappointed to follow up, text you, and let you... Like, oh, you didn't get the, the 12 hun, the hotel, well, the, the cash. Hotel, yeah, just to run it down, the hotels, the taxi, the the um, the food vouchers, 
$1,200 check. It's not, it wasn't even a $1,200 voucher, which would have been nice. This was pure up money. But when the, when the dust finally settled, they, uh, they, uh, they realized that they didn't, they didn't need the extra seats. And, uh, the happy ending of course was I got upgraded even prior to all this to, uh, to business class. So I, uh, I made it worthwhile on the way home for sure. Nicely done. Well, it's good to have you back. Listen, we'll get to the bombers in a minute, but we're just in the middle of this jets conversation talking about free agency and, I mean, let, let's get right to it um, because Hellebuck and Shifley are still members of the Winnipeg Jets. We heard Kevin Shevel day off, and again, I don't know how much to read into this, but speaking, I guess as he should, like these guys are members of the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and we heard Elliot Friedman saying there's maybe a little bit of time to just sort of breathe, on, let this breathe and see whether, you know, some other options are out there. I mean, uh, in your mind, or is anything different with Mark Shifley and or Connor Hellebuck today than maybe it was a couple weeks ago when we accept, expected a a high a likelihood that they would not be Winnipeg Jets as we got into July? You know what? I moved into believing that these two were probably going to be the last pieces. I think the uh, the focus for a lot of people um, and and for obvious reasons was to get the business done with Pierre Luc Dubois before you know, the NHL draft um, started. So they ended up doing that piece of business, got a tidy return. Um, and then it moved over to Blake Wheeler, right? I mean, there was a, there was also a timeline there with, uh, with, with buying out his contract after exploring potential trade, trade options. And so that, that got done with. And so I think, it, I think with the two players, with, with Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, they probably were the two most likely to stick around. I'm not saying either will, but they, of, of the four that were, you know, dominated conversation for forever, really ever since game five of the, of the Vegas first round series loss, um, you know, we're, we're now left with two guys that could very well be members of the Winnipeg Jets come September or not. My, uh, my belief is that um, Mark Shifley will get traded. I think, I think for the Jets, it made sense for them to let the market, you know, I, I know there'll be people who argue, you know, the market became less, you know, less available with, with all the signings that were made and trades that were done. Uh, that's not, I'm not saying that's not true, um, but now there are a few teams out there that are looking at, at, at the splash that other clubs made over the last few, you know, last few days, and they might be very much in need of, an, a, you know, a top-end center like a Mark Shifley and certainly would be interested in his 42 goals. Um, again, my belief is that Mark Shifley does get traded and isn't part of the Winnipeg Jets. I think that would be the smart move for both sides. I really do think that a change of scenery would bode well for Mark Shifley, just for a guy who, you know, loves the game. You know, you could tell on his face over the last couple of years that, you know, that love wasn't always there. And, um, you know, we saw glimpses of that for sure two off seasons ago when, you know, when he was, when he was weighing his options after a disappointing year where the Jets didn't make the playoffs, despite having two years left on his deal. I don't know if this year, well, yeah, he did hit that 42 goal threshold or that 40 goal threshold for the first time in his career that maybe it'd be enough for him to, you know, I don't know, see a, a long-term future here. That being said, what else might be out there for him as far as dollars and cents? I think that's where the intrigue needs to come from Mark Shifley. I don't know if the, if he's going to get as high a dollar salary um, anywhere else, um, you know, more than he would in, in Winnipeg. That's, that's assuming that, you know, we believe, you know, Kevin Shevelday off and that he's 
you know, interested in having or at least talking about a contract extension. But I do think it's a good separation for both sides. I think Blake Wheeler was a step in the right direction. Thank him for his services. Get, you know, try to try to try to give him a better ending than being bought out. But um, the reality is, is, you know, Mark, while still very much younger and, and, uh, and a lot more in the tank, I just think when he comes from a team chemistry culture culture standpoint just some of the things that you know he's some of the things we've seen from him you know whether it be a lack of defensive concentration or or effort uh to you know not taking benchings very well I mean this is now a couple different coaches few different coaches that you know have kind of identified you know his you know Mark Shifley being amongst those players that were constantly brought up particularly by by Rick Bonus about not not giving enough um, but that being said, who knows? Maybe he could very well be around. Moving over to Hellbuck, I think he's the most likely to, be, to remain a Winnipeg Jet um, for a couple different reasons. One being, if this team really is going to go, you know, down that retooling situation, or uh, you know, if that's if that's what they believe this team is capable of fighting for a playoff spot again next year, and it's certainly when you look at the moves they've made, uh, you can you can make that argument. Um, you can especially make that argument if Connor Hellebuck is on this team. So I think that would probably be the interest. The, the other part, too, is I just don't know. The Winnipeg Jets have long been fearing that they w- that the return for Connor Hellebuck will not be one that appeases the fans. Uh, I think the fans look at you know a, a, a consistent perennial Vesna Trophy nom- nominee uh, and think that he's going to warrant you know a, a massive return. You know whether that be in the form of, of players right now or, or, or picks in the future. Um, I just don't know if that's necessarily panned out uh, in the Winnipeg Jets talks, and I think that would be the main reason why he ends up is that the you know the return isn't good as the value that they would pl- place on Connor Hellebuck. Uh, for next season and trying to achieve that goal and also trying to probably achieve the goal of getting him to sign a long-term extension. Um, But again, I think that's still an uphill battle for Winnipeg. Uh, Connor Halbuck could certainly be a trade piece by next year's trade deadline uh, or throughout the year, or even this, you know, certainly over this, the the remaining months of summer. But um, if you're asking me and you are, I think Halbuck's probably more likely to stick around and and Mark Shifley more likely to get traded. Um, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, and I guess, I mean, these, this is more, I guess, my reasoning with both. I mean, I think they felt that they were being forced into trading Connor Hellebuck because of the situation. And listen, if the trade, if the trades aren't there, if the value isn't there for the player, uh, it doesn't make sense to do it. Mm-hmm. And it does make sense. to uh, Listen, I'm in the business. I, I think teams should want to keep their best player. <laughs> I yeah. mean, being forced into trading your best player um, you know, really significantly impacts your club. I, I mean, I think that as long as Connor Hellebuck is here and playing the majority of games, uh, you know, even if Mar- even if Mark Shifley was traded for future assets, where you're not really getting anything close to what he brings in the lineup, if Connor Hellebuck's here and this team can play uh, more of a Rick Bonus style and be more committed to the things as a team. I think they can be competitive. I think they could be a playoff team. Uh, the the Shifley thing, it, it comes down to it. And let's face it, Blake Wheeler did not get bought out because he wasn't productive last year. Whoa. I mean, he had 55 points. I mean, as much as they won't come right out and say it, everyone knows what this situation is. This is about a changeover in the culture of this team. This is about handing it over to new leaders, to Mark, uh, to um, Josh Morrissey, to Adam Lowry. It's about creating a new atmosphere around this team. 
And I don't think you accomplish that, Jeff, until Mark Shifley's somewhere else as well. And listen, we can talk about, you know, the season that he had last year, and there were some real highs. And I think that offensively, if he's gone, it's indisputable that there's a big, big hole of offense in that lineup. But if you're trying to remake the culture of your team, the hole in the locker room of having Shifley there and allowing those other players to fill it, I think is is the positive that this team and this organization knows that they have to get to. And um, to me, listen, they're not going to be forced into trading him for 50 cents on the dollar. I get it. But I like your your point and your observation in that there are some teams that definitely have the need for players like that. I think he's going to have to prove it wherever he goes. I don't think Mark Shifley's getting traded and people are going to be there with a seven-year extension waiting for him at big money. I think this is a huge, a huge year for him as far as to show that he is, you know, a good teammate, a guy that teams can count on, that he's worth the money because he certainly the the production is certainly worth it. But there's a lot of other things that go into that. But it also worries me to think of him here in that situation. I mean, if we thought that he was putting himself ahead of the team before and was a selfish player then, what's he going to be like with his extension hanging on everything that he does, every goal, every assist this year? And what are the negatives around that? Um, I guess my opinion just hasn't changed on that situation at all, even with the important first step of sending Blake Wheeler on his way now to New York. I think there's a lot of things that, that the Winnipeg Jets need to consider with both players. With Mark Shifley, they need to consider their center depth. I mean, we all understand, you know, you build teams in, you know, down the middle and in and, and, and net. With losing a guy like Mark Shifley after already losing Pierre-Luc Dubois, that is a massive dent to your you know, to your center depth. And so when you look at depth charts right now with Mark Shifley in it versus Mark Shifley not in it, it's pretty easy to make the argument for why you'd want to keep him. But I'm, I'm with you certainly in that, look, you know, Blake Wheeler did a lot for this organization. As you mentioned, there was a reason why they bought him out and it wasn't performance-based. And Mark Shifley falls very close into that category of somebody who, um, you know, just... I think if you're going to evolve, to use the words of, of uh, Kevin Sheveldayoff in his, you know, after free agency and, and you know, discussing with media what, how he interpreted this era, if you will, for the Winnipeg Jets as, a, as an evolution, I think you do need to move on from 55. I mean, Mark Shifley, like Blake Wheeler, has done a lot for this organization. It's certainly, you know, he's, he's the golden child in the sense that he was the first ever pick of the, of the you know, Winnipeg Jets 2.0, and he'll always have that legacy. But, you know, there's things that are just too obvious, and particularly over the last couple seasons, that just don't make him a great presence in the room. And, you know, while players... You know, much like they talked about Blake Wheeler being, you know, the leader in the locker room and, you know, despite not wearing the C and I'm sure several other players will say very similar things about Mark Shifley and what he brings to the organization. The fact of the matter is a, a ton of these guys in the room have no idea what of anything different. So they don't know what another locker room looks like. They don't know what other leadership looks like. And I have a I have a sneaky suspicion that once 55, if he does get traded, is removed, you're removing an element from the locker room that's going to let players breathe a little bit more. I, you know, And I'm not saying that Mark Shifley was like Blake Wheeler in his leadership style, because I don't think he was, but Mark Shifley is a horrible loser. Like, that's a self-admitted proclamation, is that he's bad... He, you know, when things go bad, when he loses games, whether it's one or several in a row, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't deal with it well. And when you have a guy who's wearing a letter on his chest 
that can't deal with losses on a regular basis like we've seen in, in certain stretches over, over the Winnipeg Jets the last few years. He's not a guy that you want being a leader on your team. And the, and the unfortunate part is you can't take an A away from Mark Shifley, you know, like that, that would just burn, you know, burn that bridge. And so I think you need to make the decision not for, just for, and, and if Mark Shifley is interested in signing an extension, you know, certainly you need to explore that option, but I think you need to take into consideration just what it means to have him here long-term as you, as you touched on Huss. I mean, you know, if, if that's the way you're, you know, feeling with one, two years left on your deal, how are you going to feel with five, six left on your deal or more? Um, so, yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting one. And certainly it's going to mean a lot more than just, uh, you know, just f- fitting in players on the depth chart. Now, now listen, I, I mean, I know there's some comments on both sides in the chat right now. By the way, pushing 600 in the chat. Great to see everyone here. Hit that red subscribe button if you haven't already. And I'm, guessing they're, it, I'm guessing they're loving us talking about trading Mark Shifley. <laughs> hey, listen, there, there's a lot that are, some that aren't. Um, hit those th- that thumbs up button as well, uh, by the way, folks. And great to have you all with us. Um, I really do wonder what Rick Bonus. Uh, I mean, I would love to... Well, listen, I don't even think we need to ask Rick Bonus. I think actions speak louder than words. And we saw with the way that he handled Mark Shifley last year, doing everything to try to get him to buy in. We saw the way that season ended. We saw him playing on left wing in the playoffs. Um, I mean, it's all been it's all been pointing towards a divorce between these two. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, sometimes you don't want to stay together for the sake of the kids because everyone just gets into a, uh, uh it, it doesn't help anybody. Um, and everyone loses on all of it. Now, listen, I, I guess I will also put out that, I mean, people can change, people can realize their situations and people can act differently. And I mean, listen, if he does end up coming back, I certainly hope that that is there is some self-awareness and some realization that there's some things that, you know, he needs to do better. Uh, because it, here's the thing. The fact that we're having these conversations about a guy that scored a point a game for six straight seasons and had 42 goals last year, I think speaks to the bigger problem in and around it. I mean, no one's saying anything. I certainly am not about what he's able to do when he's on the ice. And that elite high-end scoring talent that he brings. But it does come back, Jeff, to this is a team game. And I hate to say it, but, you know, as great as he was at times and all the things that he did on a positive level when it comes to lighting the lamp, there was a lot of other things in his own end off the ice that I think makes a pretty compelling argument that moving on from this player is the right thing to do for the Winnipeg Jets. So if he does come back in a contract year... I'll say this, it will be fascinating to see how that worked out because uh, all eyes will be on Mark. There'll be plenty of trade speculation throughout the season, how you handle that. And as I mentioned, I mean, it can't be all about him getting his numbers to, you know, get a new contract. It has to be about being the best teammate and doing what your coach is asking to give your team the best chance to win every night. And I think we all know that that has not always been the case for Mark Shifley here. No, it absolutely hasn't. And I mean, you only have to look at the evolution of Rick Bonus's comments post game throughout <laughs> the year. I mean, it, you know, he went from he he must have taken every single approach. He came out, you know, I don't want to say fist swinging, but he certainly was aggressive early on in, in what he wanted from the team and, and the expectations he had up and down the lineup and that and that and the accountability, the accountability that the players demanded right? The, the players wanted, 
I mean, he was delivering that throughout the the better part of the first half of the season, and things were going, you know, perfect for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, they were riding high. They were, you know, fighting for top spot in the Central and the West. Everybody, you know, every single story we wrote was about how the bonus effect is working and, and how, you know, guys like Mark Shifley are buying in and, 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 you know, Josh Morrissey, you know, there was a there was an interview with him I had in Chicago about how Rick Bonus brought a, a level of accountability that just was unheard of, you know, under Paul Maurice, and particularly and particularly noted that you know everybody was treated the same, and not certain guys got certain uh, benefits on on certain nights versus others, and how that continuity or that consistency was something that was very much appreciated by everybody in the locker room. And then you watched the last half of the season and Rick bonus changed his tune. It was, you know, it was about, you know, softening the edges when they were losing. And it was about, you know, kind of, he, uh, he, uh, he definitely held short of saying, I like our game. What we used to hear from Paul Maurice, knowing that he was lying about it. Um, but he definitely softened his approach uh, for months. And, and then, you know, you mentioned Mark Shifley playing wing. Well, you know, he started talking about, well, that's going to last for as long as, you know, until Mark Shifley pulls on my pant leg and, and lets me know he doesn't want to be there anymore. And, and you know what, you got a small glimpse of something that rarely happens in the national hockey league. And I'll tell you what, I mean, a lot of people go out, oh, how does this guy know what's in the room and blah, blah, this guy hates Blake Wheeler. Oh, this guy hates Mark Shifley. No, I don't. I don't, I don't mind either of them. I don't, you know, I don't, I cover a sport from an objective lens, but I'm telling you in, in talking to other players off the record in that locker room who haven't been here since 2011, guys don't choose where they play. But Mark Shifley did and has for years. If guys have an issue with where they're playing, they go into the coach's room and go, I don't want to play there anymore. Guess who doesn't do that? Vegas. Players just play. Most teams, winning teams, don't dictate where they play. They go where the coach believes they'll be best utilized. And that that was, like, not the case for Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley played where he wanted to play, and when he was benched, he didn't take it very well. He didn't want to talk after the game. And then you have what was the perfect what was the perfect dichotomy between two players and Nino Niederreiter, who, who talked after that game and saying the line was awful and needed to be better. You had 55 sulking in the dressing room while the PR guy is trying to get him to come out and talk to the media. Like, if that doesn't tell you exactly what you need to know about Mark Shifley and what, what he also brings to the table beyond the elite scoring, beyond, you know, him being a hockey nerd and watching more film, I imagine, than pretty probably the Jets all combined, is that those are those negative elements. And you need to weigh back and forth whether this is the future that you want. And the beauty of it is you have a past that you can look at and it's enough proof to say it's not going to get any better. And Mark Shifley's skill set like his, you know, his talent is not getting better. He's not becoming a better player at 30 years old. He's, he's gone through his prime. He might be in and around his prime, but he's edging out of his prime. So this idea that he's going to be better in five, six years from now is just not going to happen. So those are the things that you really need to take into consideration when you're, when you're signing Mark Shifley, particularly to a long-term um, extension. Whether you have them next year, I agree with you. It'll be absolutely fascinating if they can't get a deal done and they decide to bring them both back. It will just be, you know, great TV, I think. Great, you know, great for, for the media covering just because it will be a story pretty much week in and week out until he has a, a new deal. But I think that's the noise and attention you don't want to bring into the locker room and needs to be considered 
when making a decision on, on his future, when you have all these other pieces that suggest a new team, a new era, a new opportunity, I don't know if that opportunity is as new and probably as valuable if, uh, if Mark Shifley is signed to a long-term deal. Well, yeah, and a couple things on that. First of all, I mean, and listen, I realize that offensively this team takes a big hit if 55 isn't in the lineup and he's elsewhere. And I don't think there's – it's almost impossible to imagine a scenario where Mark Shifley gets traded and you get back anything close to the offense that you're giving up in that trade. But I will point out that the Stanley Cup champions did not have a 30-goal scorer and their highest-scoring player was 66 points on the season for Jack Eichel. And he was uh-huh. just south of a point a game. He did miss some games. There are, are different ways of winning in the National Hockey. And I think with the way that this team envisions the change going forward, I mean, the Jets might not be the high-flying skill team that they were in the past. They might be more of a grinding, hard-working team that pays more attention to defense, that plays more as a team, that gives up way less and doesn't score as much but wins more games. I mean, that that absolutely is a um, you know, is a path going forward if they do make that sort of move. Um, and I think Vegas is a perfect example. Now, I mean, listen, I, I don't really want to too closely compare Winnipeg to Vegas because I think it was pretty clear that once Vegas got on their game in that playoff series a couple months ago, Jeff, that they were on a complete another level with the way that they played, with the way that they competed, with the way that they battled as a unit. Um, but again, that I think is the way Winnipeg envisions itself going forward. And another point just quickly, and again, I don't want to make this sound too much like I'm just getting all over Mark, but I mean, I guess maybe I am. Um, it's hard to move on from everything that we've seen over the last couple of years. And while it was a positive that Blake's been, uh, you know, bought out and he's moving on, I think that'll allow a lot more oxygen in the room. Um, if you've got an unhappy Mark Shifley in that locker room, I mean, an unhappy Mark Shifley is a guy I want nowhere near. I don't even want in the same room as a Rucker McGrory, as a Colby Barlow at training camp. Um, and, and, and that's why it's going to be a very tough decision because you're giving up a lot when you do move on from him. But I would argue the same thing just happened with Blake Wheeler at a cost of $5.5 million to the organization, and they did it because they felt that it was necessary and they had to do it. And I feel very similarly about Mark's situation that I do, Blake. Yeah, I think, I think well, you know, certainly the differences in age and, and production at this point, you know, are, are notable. I do agree with you. I think there are a lot of the same factors in, in, at play here, and um, and I and I don't know how much Mark Shifley would want to go be in this city on a on a on an expiring, you know, on an expiring contract for those very reasons. I mean, he doesn't like talking to media at the best of the times. He's certainly not going to want to have his season, you know, clouded or or you know whatever affected nonetheless by by constant questions about his future. That'd be an easier situation to to stomach in a different city on a different team. Um, that didn't sign you to that long-term deal. And so uh, certainly those are factors that, that will be considered. I mean, I think, you know, Mark Schleifley gets a bit of a bad rap I, in, in some of the things. I mean, he does want to win for sure. And I mean, I know I haven't helped in that narrative, but at the same time, I mean, what you see is what you get. And what we've seen from him over the last few years does not, and you know, and, and the good news for those people who, you know, think I'm a moron or don't think that, you know, giving away 
or trading Mark Shifley's the idea, well, I'll, I'll bless you with some good news. I don't make those decisions. In fact, they don't even <laughs> they don't even call me or ask me about those. So that, that that's the that, that's the that's the uh, I think the silver lining in, in my 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 take. But I do think that if you're going to have a new era, if you're going to have a new team, if you're going to have a new like, and I don't know where I, I'd be curious what Rick Bonus's heads at. Would he be interested? You know, would he be interested in having a Mark Shifley back? I mean, you you know, Mark Shifley was injured by the end of the playoff series, but if you think he wasn't talking about his, you know, him in that in that comment about his, you know, his top players in general or throughout the season, that, I that's mean, exactly why he said it, it. Like he didn't have to go back to February at the end of Game Five of that playoff series, but I mean, he made damn sure to include the second half of last season well, exactly. and what he wasn't seeing. And I think we all know where that was. Listen, I, I, I'm here for a conversation that there are dissenting voices and there's differences of opinions within the shot callers inside the Winnipeg Jets front office, whether that be Shifley, uh, Mark Shipman, uh, Larry Simmons, Craig Heisinger. If I had to bet on one guy being on one side or the other, I'm pretty sure Bones is my first pick in that draft and it's on we need to move on. And I, think and I think that's probably it. Now, that being said, I, you know, I, I don't think Rick would be the kind of guy. Rick's, Rick's the kind of guy who will work with whoever he gets. And if Mark Shifley's yeah. part of this team, he'll be, you know, I think he'll be ready for that and, and willing to work around Mark. There's, there's no, there's absolutely no, uh, you know, no concern there, but we'll see what happens here. I think this is going to be an exciting summer. And I, and I do believe that Mark Shifley will be on a different team come spring or come fall. Yeah. Well, um, and, and, Listen, I mean, Boston's such an intriguing situation right now, um, you know, with where they've sort of been left. Um, you know, they, they're they progressing forward as if they're not getting Bergeron or Krejci. Um, they I mean, they got Morgan Geeky. Bertuzzi ended up going to the Leafs on a one-year deal, on a deal that they probably could have afforded, but they never really got to that point talking about a shorter-term deal. And he's now in Toronto. Uh, I, I would say the Bruins situation, as it pertains to a player like Shifley, and I saw Mike Grinelli, he was a big Boston guy from Spitting Chicklets, tweeting out a picture of Shife. I think that sort of conversation uh, and really pressure on Don Sweeney to do something to get a player like that is going to increase over the next little while. And to me, of any team in the National Hockey League, that's the one that seems to have the biggest need that makes the most sense although I'm still not sure what the return would be coming back. And we often think about strengthening the blue line, Jeff. But the one thing that hasn't changed very much is that we still have a very crowded blue line as up until this point, none of the guys that have been with the Winnipeg Jets have moved on. And of course, you've got Declan Chisholm, who's no longer waivers exempt. You've got Billy Hanel knocking on the door. Um, you would think that something has to give there as well. Um and I think normally if you were making a trade with Mark, that might be an area if there wasn't a center prospect or a center player that came back that makes sense, you know, a big guy that maybe plays the right side, great. I don't know how you do that right now, just considering the numbers and uh, obviously all the uh, all the other contracts that we've got. Yeah, it's an interesting situation in Boston. I, I would... Uh... Have they? I, I think they're probably assuming life without Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, but I don't know if they've yet ruled it out. I think there's, yeah, and, and I'd be very curious. I mean, I know it took some some convincing last season uh, to to get them back, but I, I'd be curious to know what those feelings are being bounced in the first round after such an incredible incredible regular season. Um, what that might do 
as far as wanting to end your career on on whatever on, on in this case, uh, you know, a, a very very high followed by an extremely low, you know, note. I wonder if I wonder if they might if that might not be enticing to have them back for another season uh, to try to rectify that. Um, and how how exactly they'd be utilized and and ice time all those things would take into consideration. But yeah, certainly Boston's been one of those teams that's been centered around Mark Shifley and um, and would be I think a great spot for Mark Shifley. I think it'd be a great place to play for him. I think there'd be lots of opportunity. You know, I think that you know obviously they're very strong on the blue line, pretty much strong everywhere. Um, but they do have that opening at center, and it could be it could be a show me contract for him. Right, come down come down to Boston you know, have a great year, fit in with, fit in with the group and sign a long-term deal because, you know, that, that would be a pretty, pretty great place to play uh, as far as competing for championships as Boston seemingly always does. Uh, but the blue line on Winnipeg is a pretty interesting one. And, and you're right. Something's got to give, whether that's a, you know, a Brendan Dillon and, or Dylan DeMello, who I believe are, you have one more season left under their contracts. Um, you know, I think those guys might be options, you know, to move possibly. I know Neil Pionk, I'd be curious what kind of appetite teams would have for him. I know there's there's a section of Jets fans that would love to see Neil Pionk, you know, play somewhere else. While there are, are also obviously some that that certainly appreciate what he did for the Jets so far. Um, but yeah, something's got to give. Declan Chisholm needs to, have, you know, he's not going to be waivers exempt next season. Uh, you know, um, Vili Hanola. I mean, does he ever get an opportunity, or is this just a a sick joke that's going to go on for another year. Is he going to get, you know, any opportunity up at the big club or, or get traded? I mean, these well, are all this. Pieces. How about does Billy Hano really take opportunity and make the most of it? And no, make for it sure. Too hard I, I know, for let's not get into up. a Billy Hano debate, you know, like, you know, but, um, yeah. but certainly, yeah, I mean, obviously he's got to prove it. I'm not saying he's got to be handed to them. I think from, you know, I think if anything, it's a bit surprising. He hasn't been a sprinkler in a trade somewhere. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe the jets do value him, you know, enough well, to want more back back for him, but don't value him enough to put him in the lineup. It's funny you say that, Jeff. I mean, considering the return that Kevin Chevaldeoff got for Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, if you had told me earlier in the week that Velarde and Ayafalo and Kapari and a second-round pick was coming from it, I would have just assumed that at least one of those defensemen, young defensemen, would be going to the Kings. I'm still sort of surprised that that all came back and it was only Pierre-Luc Dubois coming off the roster. So those players are assets. And if you are going to move on from one of them, um, you know, whether it's now, summer, closer to the deadline, you know, there will be be something back. Hang tight because we do got to get to the Bombers. Uh, And uh, we'll have a little bit more on free agency at the end of the show. Um, but hey, every time we talk bombers, we do it for Princess Auto. Of course, the bombers are at home again on Friday. Make sure you get out early, 5.30 p.m. The Princess Auto tailgate zone outside the stadium gets going. Great entertainment. DJ Finesse will be playing. 350 pop and hot dogs, $5 beers, the OB pregame show. Some prizes and activations from our friends at Princess Auto. Get there early. Princess Auto tailgate zone, of course. Princess Auto, proud sponsors of the Blue and Gold. And your boys here at Winnipeg Sports Talk. Check them out online at princessauto.com. Our friends at Consolidated Supply are the leaders in irrigation systems, artificial turf, and golf carts, both new and used, as the exclusive club car dealer in Manitoba. 
We've also got other great options for your property, including hot tubs and amazing outdoor kitchens. And of course, they are the leaders in small engine parts and repair. So many different ways Consolidated Supply can help you and your property. Pop down and see them at the showroom, open to the public at 1395 Niagara Road East, or find out more online at cte.ca. Uh, well, tomorrow's going to be fun. How about a development camp? Now, don't take the numbers for a Barlow or McGrory in development camp for the one you're going to want to get down to Royal Sports and get on when you get your new jersey. But, of course, if you are thinking about maybe one of the new players on the Winnipeg Jets, you're a big Laurent Brassois fan, he's coming back. Of course, Royal Sports is the best place to get all of your Winnipeg Jets merch as well as customized jerseys down at Manitoba's number one sports superstore. Also have an incredible selection of bomber gear if you need to get some new blue for the game on Friday and licensed team gear from around the world of sports, including the NHL, NFL, Major League Baseball, and the Blue Jays. Maybe in case you're going to go down to that BP party tonight, Wednesday or Thursday, which we'll tell you about in a bit. And of course, they got soccer, baseball, softball, tennis, disc golf, a huge selection of bikes, everything you need to make the most out of your summers at Royal Sports. 750 Pembina Highway. And follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pembina. And uh, hey, I got to give a big shout out to our friends at Breezy Bend. Went out yesterday. With a few fellas, Kenny Weeb joined as well. Course is absolutely in mint condition. Got a chance to play that beautiful new sixth hole. And my God, did we have a great dinner afterwards. If you're thinking about a great long-term home for you and your family, talk to our pal Corey Johnson over at Breezy Bend or go online to breezybend.ca about getting on that waiting list for next year's 2024 golf season. All right, Jeff Hamilton is with us. Hammer couldn't have you on without talking about that bomber game on the weekend. Um... Man, the defense sure stepped up. Uh, you know, it was not a great game for literally any aspect of the football team against BC the week before. A lot of long fields for the Bombers, so the points maybe weren't there, but holy smokes, Jackson Jeffcoat uh, made his return to the lineup known, and uh, Willie Jefferson had a monster day as well. What did you make of a, a three-point game on the other side of the football in the Bombers' 17-3 win? Yeah, I, I even wrote my story. I don't know if I don't know if they call it a statement game. The Bombers certainly wouldn't. That's just not the the lingo they use. But the, they certainly sent a message to their critics. I mean, whether that be here in Winnipeg, I mean, they lose that game thirty to six to BC in week three, and my inbox is full of we got to get rid of this guy. This guy's too old. The off- offensive line is garbage. You know, the the unit that's been the identity of this team for for years. Um, and just you know, and and so there was a lot of a lot of negative attention on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and therefore a lot of eyes because the rest of the league were were grinning ear to ear with watching the Bombers lose or get dominated by the BC Lions because it's been a bit boring, I imagine, for people outside of of the of the Manitoba province, or at least those who don't cheer for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, to just watch the blue and gold roll week in and week out. It's uh, and I'll admit, as someone who covers the league objectively, I, I tend to agree with that. It put a little bit of uh, you know changed things up a little bit. But again, the, the Bombers had the the microscope on them this week and into Montreal, a team that, while yes, they weren't all that convincing wins against uh, you know pretty crappy teams in the Ottawa Red Blacks and, and Hamilton Tiger Cats that were a combined five and zero when they met them. Um, the Alouettes were two and zero. You know what I mean? They they were they were a top of the you know sitting at the top of the East. They hadn't been two and zero since I think twenty eleven, um, 
and just, you know, we're playing with confidence and talking to the Alouettes in Montreal. That's what, that's, that was my biggest takeaway. You know, there's a lot of attention on, on the Alouettes over the off season, the change in ownership, the, the, the ownership that, that, that had, you know, that had control pretty much waited out through free agency and didn't allow the Alouettes to do what they wanted to do. Didn't allow them to spend money. They lost their, their number one quarterback in Trevor Harris, who's having a great season in, in Saskatchewan, you know, early in the early stages, they got, they lost Geno Lewis, who's having a not so great season uh, in Edmonton right now, their number one receiver and arguably the best receiver in the league last year. Um, there was a lot of, again, negative attention on Montreal. And then they play, you know, solid two games. Cody Fajardo looks like he's got, you know, some real chemistry with, with Austin Mack, uh, a receiver that came from the NFL. Um, you know, they have a, they definitely have a, a strong and sturdy defense. They only allowed 17 points against the Bombers, remember. Um, and so there, there, you know, there was, again, a lot of eyes on Winnipeg and they delivered. I mean, it wasn't a dominating display from, from the offense, but it certainly was a, a great game from the defense who, who stood up and, and prevented, you know, had two red zone takeaways, which is important, um, made plays, made, made the kind of plays they weren't making against the BC Lions. And while, you know, I, you know, I did throw a little bit, not shade, but, I, you know, I, the, the offense wasn't dominating. They were effective. You know, they, they put together drives when they needed to. That, that big interception from Brandon Alexander on, on the, you know, deep inside Winnipeg zone, uh, for him to return at 62 yards or whatever it was for the Bombers offense to get on the field and cap it off with a 21-yard touchdown at Dalton Schoen, that's what good teams do. They make you pay on your mistakes. I think the offense could have done that a couple more times with the turnovers the defense gave them, but um, that's just complimentary football at its best. When one unit isn't playing well, another is, another is stepping up. I thought special teams, you know, did okay. I mean, they had their blemishes a bit, some, some, some weird, uh, from some weird uh, punts from James, Jameson Chien, but um, you got to take into consideration the weather. We didn't even talk about this. It was almost a two hour delay at the start, at the start of the game. And that, I think, you know, we talk a lot about the, the Bombers' leadership um, and, and just how important it is to their overall success. Well, there's, there's yet another example. You have, you know, experienced leaders in that locker room for the hour and 50 minutes that they were forced to wait for kickoff as lightning and rain, you know, was above Molson Stadium. Uh, they, you know that they had those guys ready to go once the kickoff was, was uh, you know, ready to, ready to be kicked. And, you know, uh, uh, Mike O'Shea, I, I don't, you know, I don't know how many of you know your viewers would have seen his post game from Montreal, but I've never seen him like that. Like he was borderline giddy. It was, it was a fascinating, um, fascinating moment to watch the Bombers head coach, who is usually pretty straight faced, you know, matter of fact, especially post game, for him to be as glowing as he was, um, and and to put all that, you know, that attention on the leadership group and what they did in the in the break, you know, I, I just think overall it was, you know, what it comes down to is mission accomplished. And I don't think I think those voices that were, you know, those critics of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have, have dampened now that they uh, they got the business done in in, uh, in Montreal. Well, I mean, listen, I'll give people credit. I didn't think there were massive overreactions here in the WST chat, um, but it was just so strange to see the Bombers get whooped the way they did. Um, at home against the British Columbia Lions. And I think everyone expected this would be a better performance coming back into Montreal. And you mentioned, you know, that delay was tough on the players. It was also tough for a lot of people that are out at Canada celebrations that had an extra two hours to pregame before <laughs> a later kickoff and totally. how that handled some of the uh, watch parties around, this, around the city. But um, they certainly did play better. Uh, the offensive line 
certainly stepped up more than um, and, and they had to based on you know what we've seen and what Montreal's front has done in the past. Um, to me, though, that defensive uh, performance was um, was exactly what this team needed because the line of scrimmage and the defensive side of the ball has always been the backbone of this club. And the offense has gotten and gets a lot of the headlines, Jeff, but I'm sure you'd agree. When the Bombers, when it all comes down to it, the Bombers have leaned on the line of scrimmage and winning that line of scrimmage and getting big plays from their playmakers on defense that has really, to me, been the catalyst of this incredible amount of success they had. And they seem to get back to that uh, on the weekend against the uh, Alouettes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you mentioned off the top of this conversation, you know, getting Jackson Jeffcoat was a big deal. You know, I mean, it, it allowed, you know, mind you, he was in Jackson was uh, was injured pretty early into week one. Um, but that was the game that Willie Jefferson went off on. You know, he had a you know, he had a great start to the season. Um, his last, you know, his next two games, he combined, I think, for two defensive tackles and and a uh, and one pass knockdown. Well, you know, reinsert Jackson Jeffcoat into the mix, and Willie Jefferson goes off again. You know, that was, I think that's what you're, you know, fans are certainly used to seeing. I thought that there was a great game interior. I thought the interior linemen on that front were also impressive with Jake Thomas and Ricky Walker, um, you know, making plays as well. Uh, the secondary was, you know, had some great coverage. And that's the other thing. When the secondary has great coverage, that gives the opportunity for the D-line to get to Cody Fajardo. And we saw that on, on, on several different occasions. If it didn't result in a sack, it, it, it resulted in him kind of running for his life or ditching the ball. And that's, again, what, what we're looking to see when we watch the Bombers' defense. And uh, on offense, too, you mentioned the offensive line. You're right. It was a big bounce-back game from, from giving up seven sacks the week before. Uh, I also thought, you know, ton of credit for the, the run game. One of the big things that the Bombers were preaching after that loss was, was, was just being more physical. They, you know, it's very rarely the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are, are pushed around or, are, you know, are, are beaten in the physicality department. And, and again, that was a theme all week. So to watch that O-line not only protect Zach Kolaris and allow him to throw downfield and, and hit his targets, they also opened holes for Brady Oliveira, who deserves credit, you know, too, for having a, a cost, well, not so costly, but certainly a, a disappointing fumble earlier in the game to rebound from that and to, to have the trust from his teammates to come back and finish the night. I believe he had 20 carries for 112 yards. That's the uh, the other part of physicality is pushing that line. But certainly I agree with you, Haas. The defense uh, stood out in this one, um, you know, gave the opportunities for the offense to score points. And certainly, um, you know, even if they even if they scored, a, you know, a few few less still had more than enough rope uh, to get the job done, limiting uh, Montreal to just three points on the night. Well, I have no doubt that the Bombers will continue to try to build off that win on Friday. I have no doubt that the fans will be uh, stepping up and will be accounted for on Friday and have a great time. What are you, uh, what are you expecting from the visitors Friday night? Oh, the Calgary Stampeders, I think are in trouble. I mean, they are, they have been bitten by the injury bug. Jake Mayer is not, I'm not saying he won't become the player that, that, you know, I think many people think he is, but he, he certainly has struggled with that lack of talent around him. They're just banged up in too many areas. I know they pick, you know, they pick up Mark and Michelle, which I think is a great addition, um, you know, at receiver after losing Begleton and Malik Henry, who are both, both out. Well, Malik Henry's out for the rest of the season with a, with a ruptured Achilles. Uh, Kareem Carey's still not back. Um, so, you know, Peyton Logan, 
these guys, you know, those are, those are tough injuries to, to get by. So it'll be interesting. I mean, the West is looking a lot more, you know, West is usually competitive, but it's even, it's looking even more competitive this year with Saskatchewan seeming to be a better team. Uh, you know, everyone except for the Elks really. Um, so for, for, for Calgary, I'm not saying they're in must win territory. There's still plenty of, of season left, but at one and two, you don't really want to go to one and three and, and the competition doesn't get much, you know, easier in the next few weeks. So, We'll see what happens, but I, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I think it's a fool to count out Calgary to, you know, you, you we know the, I don't know if you want to call it hatred, it seems too much, but we know the disdain that each coaching staff has for each other in Calgary. I think it's a competitive, you know, good one, but I, it certainly exists. So, you know, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be desperate times, desperate measures in Calgary and, and Winnipeg will certainly be respecting their opponent and, uh, you know, especially after a loss like they had in BC. Hey, dude, just before we go, because we've got a special guest coming up in a second. Um, <laughs> it's been a minute since we saw the Elks play and lose mm-hmm. again. But, man, it is just getting from bad to worse for that football team. And, listen, I, I feel – listen, Oiler, Edmonton fans have been somewhat spoiled in our lifetime. I mean, they had the dynasty in the 80s. Then, of course, was the Oilers – but they are a well-supported team. It really does suck to see, you know, what's happening with that team right now. That being said, watching it all be on the hands of Chris Jones maybe makes it a little bit easier. But how screwed is this organization right now? Because maybe explain to people with the, the cap on management, like of coaches, he's the coach and the GM. It really doesn't sound like they have much options to blow it up which this scenario maybe calls for until like 2025 when he's off the books because of how much is owed to Chris Jones. Yeah. The best way to describe what's going on in Edmonton would be like watching a car accident in slow motion. It just seems like there is no way out for them. Um, You know, certainly, and it's not just this home record, right? Like this, they're currently rocking a 19 game. I believe it's 19 games home loss record, which is the greatest in professional sports that doesn't all fall on Chris Jones. He wasn't here um, when that first started, but he's been here to extend it. But it's not just that home home loss. Sills never won a home game. He's 4-18 as a head coach slash GM. They're currently, I think, on a seven-game losing streak, their last victory being week 15 of last year. And and I think what's what's just all super crazy about the whole situation is that that – Chris Jones, for a long time, has made a career out of making his quarterbacks uncomfortable, and it's continu- it's biting him in the ass this season because what he's doing, like, yes, a lot of it is, you know, on the players, they need to show up and whatnot, but some of the self-inflicted moves by Chris Jones on this team is just bananas. It's like he... It's like he's trying to prove he's smarter than everybody else in the CFL, that you, you, as long as you can surround great receivers and a, and a solid running back around an unproven quarterback, that everything's going to work out. Um, and what he's done with that quarterback stable, as I mentioned, he just loves to keep these guys uncomfortable. The fact that Taylor Cornelius is back to being the starter this week, I mean, talk about mind games, uh, you know, behind center. Like, I, I get the idea of, you know, having short ropes and, and, and expecting execution, um, but Taylor Cornelius's numbers weren't bad when he pulled them originally. And then to kind of go through Kay Loxley and that drama from week three, he got one snap and then was cut because he was a pouty baby on the sideline for the rest of the game. And then have, you know, I don't even remember his name, first name, Dogie or whatever to have him start this week. And then, and then now to have Taylor Cornelius back in the, in the driver's seat. And I watched that whole game. 
Um, it's just, it's just bizarre. A lot of it, and it makes you wonder what the future has in store. Now, to your point, Haas, about about how you know the football operations cop. There's been some reports out there that Chris Jones signed four one-year contracts. That each one is up at the end of the season. Um, so, and whether that is a uh, you know a team option year three or uh, you know a, a a you know Jones's option for year four or vice versa. Like I think there is an exit strategy here for the Elks that won't cost them in football ops. And so, and if the the season continues to go this you know goes this to continue to go this direction. I don't know how Chris, and, and if it is one year deals, I don't know how Chris Jones sticks around. I mean, I, you can make the arguments like he's trying to create something here, a culture and yada, yada. And we saw it with the Winnipeg blue bombers under head coach, Mike O'Shea, you know, ha, you know, having a few tough years, right? 12 and 24, those first two years and sticking with them in the importance of continuity. But at least there was a vision there. Like this one with the guys in, guys out, the total of, you know, just complete changes from week to week and, and just the mind games that are going on. Not to mention Chris Jones is a veteran coach. He's not in his first two years of coaching. Yeah. And really his success has has tanked since getting the GM and head coaching jobs. So I don't know what Victor Q is doing out there. I'm sure he's having meetings. I know that, you know, amongst uh, amongst leaders of teams, he's up there. Like he, he cares a lot. But at what point is this charade going to go on for? And and when is it going to be finally the time where it's like, you know, thanks, but no thanks, Chris Jones. See you later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm here for it, but it is pretty sad and it's not good for the Canadian Football League. Hammer, uh, let's catch up later on this week. Have a great one. Uh, welcome back to the peg. And uh, we'll certainly see you and uh, all of your work all week in the Winnipeg Free Press and catch at IG Field on Friday night. Always a pleasure, my friend. Shout out to the Commodores. These are the ones that call me morons. <laughs> right on. There's Jeff Hamilton of the Winnipeg Free Press. Um, speaking of Friday, uh, it's also the day the Gold Eyes are finally back. Uh, Fish had a tough weekend. They actually lost the opener yesterday of the series against Sioux City and lost a crazy game in KC the night before, a 12-11 extra inning banger. Uh, a couple more games, though, in Sioux City. And then the fish are back. And of course, many of you might be at the Goldite game or the Bomber game on Friday night, but they are playing again Saturday and Sunday and into next week. So hopefully, some home cooking will uh, continue some relatively better results lately for the Goldeyes. Check out the website, goldeyes.com, for um, ticket information. And as I said, we'll, uh, we promised you when we were in Nashville last week that we would finalize a date for our Winnipeg Sports Talk night at the ballpark. Going to talk to Andrew Collier over the next couple days, and uh, we'll have that for you in the next couple of shows. Um, so probably a little later on in the month of July, we'll uh, we'll look to do that. Goldeyes.com again for all of your Goldeyes info. And uh, hey, a big shout out to our friends at Aikens Lake. The countdown is on less than a month till we're heading up there. If you're looking for an incredible, one-of-a-kind fly-in fishing experience here in the city of Winnipeg, where you can be on the water with the drive and the flight in like two hours, Aikens is the spot. And as incredible as the fishing is, there's nothing better than the hospitality of the Terrens and the Aikens experience. Find out more online at AikensLake.com. Now booking into 2024. And of course, you can also hit pit up on Twitter. All right, Jays fans. I'm not sure how many of you remember this, but when the Jays finally returned to the Dome, uh, after playing in Buffalo and everywhere due to the pandemic, we had like a welcome back Jays party at Boston Pizza, and it was awesome. There were some great prizes, some free stuff for everyone. And uh, 
they're actually cranking it up a notch. Three Blue Jays viewing parties in Winnipeg this week. Uh, tonight at BP Garden City, for those of you up on the north side, and the 2211 uh, McPhillips. Tomorrow's event is at the BP on Henderson at 1475 Henderson Highway. And on Thursday, it's at BP Birchwood, which is 2517 Portage Avenue. And uh, to pop in is the host of these events. Very busy in the sports world out in southern Ontario. Let's welcome in Celine Tremarchi for the first time. Celine, what's up? Welcome to Winnipeg. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Uh, we're good. We uh, we had a wild week last week doing the shows out in Nashville at the draft, and we barely made it home in time for Friday's show. So to have a long weekend, to get away was perfect. We had lots of Jets and Bomber stuff to talk about. Uh, but uh, I'm actually pumped just to see the Jays playing outside of the AL East tonight because of how much trouble they've had in their division. Uh, but a big series with Chris Bassett on the mound, taking on the White Sox, and uh you guys are inviting Jays fans out to Boston Pizza for what should be a great first of three nights here in Winnipeg. Tell us about it. Yes, we are. Well, so we're doing a Toronto Blue Jays viewing party across Canada. So not just in Winnipeg, but we are kicking off the party here, and it's pretty exciting. I have to say, before I get into it, this is my first time in Winnipeg. So if anybody has any rec recommendations as to what I should be doing during the day, please let me know because obviously the parties are at night. So getting into that, like you were saying, we have one at Garden City, one at Henderson Highway, and one at Birchwood. Um, expect an event, uh, to say the least. We want to bring the entertainment atmosphere that you would get at a Jays game, hockey game, whatever it may be, to the restaurant of Boston Pizza. So we're going to be having 50-50 raffles where you can win 50% off of your bill. And I mean, in this economy, we like to save money, so oh. it's a big thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, Winnipeg Winnipeg is a is a town that loves a deal. And uh, <laughs> there's some great deals involved with this. I know you can get out, but uh, you tell 50-50 and someone's going to get their bill cut in half, they'll, they'll be all in on that, to say the least. You have to. And I mean, the more you order, the more chances you have to get 50% off your bill. And we also have a photo op going on where you can take pictures with our whiteboard, write a chirp, inspirational quote, whatever it may be. Keep it PG, please. We don't need anything graphic on there. Um, post it and we'll repost some of our favorite. We also have two alcohol samplings going on with Corby's and Labatt. So we have Polar Ice Berry Blizzard, which looks so yummy. And of course, we have Classic Bud and Budweiser. So when you come to the restaurant, you should receive two tickets. And then you can go to whichever table you want to redeem them at. And we have games, of course. We got prizes to be giving away. We have some ball caps and we have some jerseys. And the games include, we have a Who Am I trivia. And we wanted to spice things up and get people more interactive with this. So I thought of a best announcer. So I'm going to throw out a memorable call. And three people have to say the exact same call. But whoever does it the best gets to go home with a prize. And I feel like that's a great way to get people out there. I love it. I love it. So the Blue Jays viewing parties at BP, um, you got a pretty good slate for a thing. And hey, listen, everyone loves a good deal. Everyone loves a couple free cocktails or drinks. So you know where to do it, folks. Garden City BP tonight. That's on McPhillips. Tomorrow is BP Henderson for the Wednesday game on Henderson Highway and BP Birchwood, Portage Avenue West, 2517. Um 
what's the hit hit a homer contest? Are you going to be sending people taking it deep inside the sports bar there at Boston Pizza trying to clear the fence? <laughs> you know what? That's the first time I saw that. So I have to figure out what exactly is going on with that one. Well, I can tell you, I've done a lot of Monday night football hosting and whatnot at the BPs around the city. And uh, depending on which one you add, some of the staff have some wild fun games. So I'm sure they can kind of get that involved. And I'm looking forward to this. And Andrew, if you're listening, feel free to send some of these over for the show for myself and Remus. Beef and tojitos. And I got to tell you, I'm a big Korean chicken sandwich, chicken sandwich guy. The barbecue chicken Korean sandwich looks good. And uh, you just mentioned that Berry Blizzard cocktail. So a uh, little bit of a new summer feature menu for our friends at BP. And uh, we need to get these Jays back in the wind column right now after a tough weekend. Hopefully you can be the good luck charm to Winnipeg Jays fans, Celine, coming here for this event beginning tonight. Hey, they didn't have a host last year. This year I'm here, so hopefully I am the good luck charm from Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> good stuff. Well, listen, uh, yeah, on your uh, during your daytime, you know, hit the forks, see some of the uh, – you can hit her up on Twitter, folks, at Celine Tremarchi. And just quickly on the way, tell us about uh, – you're working MLSE and doing a lot of in-arena work, so this is sort of a sun, some uh, fun summer gig as opposed to uh, being in a lot of hockey rinks throughout the winter. Yeah, I am surrounded by hockey rings throughout the winter, so this is quite a nice detour of from that. Uh, but yeah, an arena host for the Mississauga Steelheads, work for MLSC on their activation and their promotion side. Uh, but the goal is to go out west. I fell in love with Vancouver, so that's where I'm trying to head up. So if anybody knows any connections, feel free to send them my way. I'm in sports and entertainment. <laughs> hey, you're going to have such a damn good time in the peg that you're going to be hitting us up on W. WST in three days going, guys, keep me in mind if uh, you hear of anything good in Winnipeg. Please do. It's, it's too bad you won't be here Friday night because I think you really would fall in Winnipeg if you had a night at the Bomber game out at IG Field. little different than what you get out in southern Ontario, at least in Toronto. Ticats fans, they know how to party. They'll, they'll put it up. Listen, um, folks, get out there tonight, tomorrow, and Thursday. Great deals, prizes, couple drinks for you, the new BP feature menu, Boston Pizza Garden City tonight on McPhillips, BP Henderson tomorrow on Henderson Highway, BP Birchwood on Thursday. I can tell you I've been to some of these events before. They were awesome. And now we've even got our special guest star, Celine, here hosting it. Thanks for coming on today. We'll see you out at BP and uh, hopefully see a great series for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes, hopefully. Go Jays, go. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Andrew. All right. Good stuff from our friends at Boston Pizza. And as I say, if you are around those, you're looking for a place to, uh, you know, go for a couple tonight, highly recommended of the game on with sound. Huge games for the Jays. And uh, you know how BP does it. Always great, great viewing parties. And thanks again to Celine for jumping on with us today. Uh, all right, Remo, we've got a few more things to do on this program. Uh, I will get to the incident of me being hat shamed online. And I'm going to make my defense yes. of the hat as well a little bit later on in the program. We're going to have to do our horse picks. We will get to the cool bet lines. but um, And I know this will be a conversation which we can sort of continue, Reem, over the next couple of, uh, uh, the next couple of days. But um, there still is plenty when it comes to free agency that we really haven't, uh, haven't got yet. And we focused in on the Winnipeg Jets for obvious reasons, as well as Kevin Sheveldayoff's comments. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm interested in your thoughts on the market overall. 
a very different July 1st. Uh, and I think we sort of knew that was likely going to be the case because there just wasn't that many big names and top-level free agents, um, unlike what's kind of we're looking at potentially next year. But I think NHL GMs have finally figured it out. Spending all your money on the top guy has always been um, a fool's errand, to be honest with you. Um, we've seen a lot of buyouts. We've seen a lot of bad things that have come from July 1. And maybe the other part of it, it was with the salary cap expected to go up significantly next year after only going up $1 million this year. For the most part, it was just a flurry of one- and two-year deals with... I mean, uh, the exception of Alex Kalorn going to Anaheim, of all places, on that four-year deal, not a lot of term given around at all. Yeah, I think the salary cap not going up has kind of squeezed the players, and a lot of teams are up against it and aren't in a position to give out big deals. And I think for players, they know the cap's going up, so maybe there's going to be more money available in the future. I think GMs are definitely realizing that the way the system is set up, I think kind of screws over the players. Um, by the time you're able to become a free agent, you're out of your prime. You're like 27, you know, 28, depending on if you've had seven years in the league or not, or what is it, what, sorry, seven years in the league or 27. And by that point, you've had you already had your best year. So we've seen in, you know, the last couple of seasons that they're giving guys, you know, used to do like bridge deals and RFA would be like, oh, you got to earn the big contract. Now it's like, okay, you're paying for future performance instead of rewarding past performance. And, you just see a lot of one- and two-year deals out there, low risk. Um, you know, the one deal that kind of sticks out is a guy who you thought would get a longer term, Dmitry Orlov. He got $15 million for two years when, you know, maybe he's thinking, oh, there's going to be more money available. After that, I'll take big money for two years and then sign a longer term. Uh, that was one that stuck out. One guy who got what, a five-year, well, Sorokin got the eight-year 66. Uh, that was the big one for the goalie. The one that was interesting, JT Comfort getting a five-year, $25 million contract from Detroit. And I'm not sure what Steve Eisner, you know, I was really high on him after what he did in Tampa. But you're signing all these, like, mid-players to long-term deals. Sorry, Andrew Kopp and, and Ben Trott. I'm not sure how well it's going to work out for, for Detroit. I, I know part of that is they haven't won. They've finished near the bottom but keep getting screwed on these lotteries. And you can't get the top players. <laughs> they're not good for that. at the lottery. There's but, no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, they just need to need to improve their lottery skill. But I'm curious about Detroit. That was one signing, but yeah, just not a lot of, not a lot of money out there. And I think teams are like, you know, we can't really commit big dollars to any. And Michael Bunting was, you know, maybe one of the top guys. Three, he only got three years from Carolina, thirteen point five million total. And you know, the other guy getting a three year deal. Because not a lot more, you know, yeah, Kalorn got four. Not a lot of multi-years. Uh, Evan Rodriguez, who we thought was going to get a big deal last year, he got four years, $12 million, uh from Florida. Um, the other one, and Ryan O'Reilly got four years, $18 million to Nashville, which was surprised everyone following the Toronto Maple Leafs. He didn't want to stay in Toronto, basically. I basically. mean, it just sounded like he didn't really have that. And, and I heard, think I heard Elliot and Merrick talk about this. I'm not sure whether he really liked the spotlight as much. Mm -hmm. And there's some guys, I mean, Toronto's great for some guys. For some guys, it is suffocating. And uh, all he needed to do is play a few weeks in a playoff run with the Leafs and realize, you know, maybe I'll go to Music City. He's a big music guy too, isn't he? So he'll probably be like 
Although they got to watch that. Matt Duchesne was the big country music guy, went there. They just bought him out. Maybe he spent too much time in the club watching great musicians than uh, getting ready to play. Yeah, the one other uh, three-year deal. Yeah, I was surprised Luke Shen. Like, wasn't Luke Shen done, like, a couple years ago? Allegedly. And he's been hanging around and gets a three-year deal from Nashville. Good for him, 8.25. But the one that was the shocker that everyone was talking about, Ryan Reeves getting a three-year deal, 4.05 million total from Toronto. What, 30, 36 years old? You know, a fourth-line guy doesn't play a lot. Good, good for him. I don't know, like, if it's going to help. Help the team. I saw an interview where he said he likes to plan the parties, likes to get everyone involved. I think maybe he'll keep you loose. He likes to read the lineup. Uh, I don't know about winning, helping, you know, you win hockey hey. games and scoring goals. That's not really what he does. Sorry, Ryan. No, no, but he's a bit of a policeman, or not a bit of a policeman, yeah. a major policeman. And uh, listen, I know there's there's different opinions on all of this. But it is very interesting to hear a lot of guys that have played and do play on the effect of Ryan Reeves on a team. And uh, I can't say I would have been disappointed if he ended up as a Winnipeg Jet. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a guy like that on my team, you know, with the likes of Kyle Connor and Nikolai Ehlers. And yeah, I know he's not going to be playing with those guys, but um, there is an element of intimidation and retribution in professional hockey. And, um, you know, here in Winnipeg, I've not really had that. And I'm not saying that's why the team hasn't done better. And I'm not sure whether he's the key to winning a Stanley Cup or anything like that. But it's a long season. I think that there is an element that the Leafs feel like they certainly don't want to be pushed around or taken advantage of by other of those teams. And, uh, hey, listen, good for Ryan Reeves, who secured the bag on one final contract in the NHL. And again, it's a relatively low-cost deal. They need to buy him out or waive him later on. I'm sure that they can do it. But in the meantime, he'll get a lot of camera time in Toronto. It's a perfect move for Reeves, who I'm sure will try and who I'm sure will try and transition into some media gig or some sort of broadcasting thing. So in some ways he'll get uh <clears throat> He'll, he'll get a, uh, a an audition each and every day. The funny thing was how much oxygen and how much conversation there was of Leaf fans and people around hockey about this Reeves deal. When, to be honest, I thought Brad Treliving maybe had the best day of any in free agency on day two, signing Max Domi to a one-year deal at $3 million and Tyler Bertuzzi from Boston on a one-year deal at 5.5. And, Listen, I like both of those players. Would be totally into having either of those players on the Jets. But I thought what was so key about this, Remus, is the fact that Brad Treliving got them for one year. Like, to me, I, I just, there's no bad one-year deal. And again, I'm sure there can be a bad one. But no, there's not. For the most part, I mean, if it doesn't work, no big deal. At the end of the year, you're off of it. You can trade that player if you're not doing well. Those guys can be deadline deals and get some more assets. Considering where the Leafs are, and I know they've got, I, I can't even get into their cap situation right now, which is going to need to get clarified because they are over. But for me, they were a huge winner um, in getting Domi and especially getting Bertuzzi from Boston after how badly Boston wanted to sign him. Um, that was a real coup. And as much as some of Leaf Nation might have been bent about the whole Ryan Reeves episode, uh, I think they're in a pretty good spot with Domi and Bertuzzi coming in on on deals that they're definitely going to have to, um, you know, 
have big seasons. This is when you want to have a big season when the cap goes up next year to get in on that free agency money and maybe a little more term on their next contracts. Yeah, I agree. That was the saying uh, on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Drew would always say, no no bad one-year deals, and I agree. Um, you know, nice for Tyler Bertuzzi. I think these guys are just waiting. I'm kind of surprised Max Domi couldn't get a multi-year deal, but he signed for a pretty low salary last year with Chicago, got traded to Dallas, had a really good playoffs. Uh, and I see another Domi in for in the lineup for, for the Maple Leafs. Uh, another winner for me um, was Carolina. Uh, you got Michael Bunting, three years. Uh, Dimitri Orlov, two years. I'm curious what they do. Uh, you know, if any other defense are going to be moving. But they did, and they secured their two goalies um, for, you know, pretty low salary, which we talked about earlier in their show. So I like Carolina. I'll give another one. Uh, I thought Kyle Dubas did a good job in Pittsburgh. Uh, so he actually, this was one of the bigger contracts. Ryan Graves, six years, uh, $27 million. They did let Brian Dumoulin walk, but they also what, brought in Matt Nieto as a you know, depth forward, uh, Noel Achari, Lars Eller. He traded for Riley Smith. Um, they signed Tristan Jari. So I thought that, it, I, the, the Jari signing was the one that, mm-hmm. like all the talk that they were going to go out and be interested in Hellebuck and try and upgrade that position. And they go back with Jari and they give him five million, uh, five million, five million plus for five seasons. Yeah. I, I, I'll say this right now on the 4th of July, 2023. Not sure how that contract ages. Um, especially considering what we've seen. He has been good at times, hasn't been good at others, has been hurt before. Yeah, and um, that's fair. I don't know about that one. I think th- I think they were just kind of backed into a corner, and sometimes you just got to go with the guy that you know. Now, they are, it's funny, you talk about Toronto, but there's so many million over the cap, Pittsburgh over the cap. Right now, we'll have to see what, you know, moves. Maybe there's some guys on injured, um, you know, they need to do, but. Uh, I thought, you know, some nice retooling there from Pittsburgh. Are they cap con- cup contender? I don't think so, but um, they're they're going to be in the mix, and they did just miss miss the playoffs. And as far as trading for Hellbuck, I don't think they had the assets to, to get it done there. Um, so that, that was one of mine, and I don't know, some other nice trades. Like, I think Dallas, I liked how they got Matt Duchesne a year, $3 million. Greg Smith a year, $1 million. I think the Central got a bit better. I was going to say Nashville got better signing O'Reilly and Nyquist, but I looked at the rest of their roster. You forget they did lose Duchesne and Johansson. They're not, they're not very good. Uh, and I think that's the thing with the Jets. This, uh, their division, they're in. I mean, Chicago, they're not going to be good. Nashville, not good. Arizona, no, Arizona made some moves, signing Kerfoot for the two years, and they signed Jason Zucker as well. But I don't think they're going to be uh, that good. So there is a you know a window for the Jets to squeak in again in the playoffs. Maybe it's that last seed, and, and if they have Hellebuck, you, know, you think he can get hot, and you know maybe their players will stay healthy. Because how many playoffs have the Jets been in, Hus? Where like one of their top guys gets hurt or suspended, oh. like what? Like, what ass luck there. Well, that's the funny thing. We were all talking about Mark Scheifler saying, what do the Jets look like without Mark Scheifler? Well, we've seen it in the playoffs every year for the last three times they've been there through a bunch of, you know, whether it was injury, whether it was suspension. um, We sort of have seen that. And and just quickly on the Central Division for a minute, um, you know, Minnesota had very limited ability to add players. And I thought St. Louis was going to be a little bit more active, but um, they really haven't been with the exception of uh, of Hayes earlier last week. Oh, yeah, week. they got 
And they traded, they had the three first round picks and they did trade for one of those. For That was in the Kevin Hayes. No, no, no. What, what was that? I forget what the trade was. Wasn't it a seventh for Kevin Hayes? No, they just, yeah, they just got Kevin Hayes. And they just uh, got Philly's him. And he's eating a bunch of his money. And so the Blues, like the, they make, like the Ryan they, and there was all this talk that they were going to trade their picks, but they selected all of them. Yeah, they, uh, made, the they first, made their picks. There, was, the first there was no they, trades in the first round, remember? They made well, they made them. So, well, yeah, I don't know. So, anyways, we'll we'll have more on free agency okay. and kind of how this uh, this. Uh, there are some the, some players available, games. but I will say this: K Hus, listen to this. Last year, Ottawa was the offseason champions. Who's in the running for offseason champions right now? Is there one? Oh, great call. Well, maybe the Leafs. Okay. Maybe I'll give you mine. This is off the board. Chicago getting Bedard. That's it. Offseason won the lottery. Offseason champions. Doesn't matter. They got Taylor Hall basically for free. Yeah, Corey Perry. Yeah, and they had to pay him four million to get up to the cap floor, <laughs> which is hilarious. Corey Perry. Felino. Okay, I guess I'll sign you. Like he's been on one million dollar deals for the last three years. What, you want to pay me four million? No problem. And look, he should be happy. He probably won't have an extra two months of work. We know how he was kept on going to the Stanley Cup final and losing at the end. Yeah. Don't think he has to worry about that this year so he can spend a little bit more time on the offseason doing the things that he likes outside of uh, outside of hockey. The one, oh, yeah, the one of their signing that's that's interesting. Yeah, the Corey Perry. You know, hey, he's getting older. you got to keep the body in shape so you can keep going. You can't be keep – if you're going to you know, go all these uh, extra months, wear and tear – but how about Colorado? They did get, what, they got Ryan Johansson as the second-line uh, center. They also signed Jonathan Drouin. I wonder what happens to him now that he's out of Montreal, you know, in Colorado. Uh, can he find the magic that he previously had? And I hope it works out for him there. That could be like the Naku. Remember when they signed Nakushi? Oh, yeah, he hasn't scored in like a year. And yeah, all he had the- zero goals. Yeah. He earned a... You got a big deal. What, was it a seven-year contract? Although, last what's year? going? We haven't heard of what's going on. Remember how they had to uh, sit him out of the playoffs there? I haven't really heard any updates on that situation. Yeah. Put it this way: that's not something that they're going to be giving updates on too much. That was a, yeah. from all accounts, somewhat of a sordid, sordid story and incident that uh, we don't really want to touch on. Um, all right, quickly, let's get to this uh, these uh, odds tonight for uh, for Coolbet and uh, see what's going on with the Jays. The Jays, Chris Bassett's on the hill. I'm riding with Bassett. Uh, minus 114, minus 111 a little earlier. White Sox pretty much plus money. And the game of the night, Reem, Angels at Padres. The unicorn himself, Shohei Otani, on the bump. Uh, I, I went with over seven and a half strikeouts for our uh, for the play of the day today over at Cool Bet. You could also get over one and a half total bases for Otani at plus 125. And if you go over to the Coolbet exclusives, this is the one that I absolutely love. Uh, Shohei Otani to, is it still up there? Or it was, oh, I, mean, I, have not I don't seen know it if it's anymore. up there. Well, I got it on it before. It was seven or more strikeouts and two plus total bases for Otani at plus 235. But you can check the exclusives. Uh, Do we have lines already for the CFL yet this week? No, still waiting on some injury reports. So we'll have those coming up soon. Tomorrow on the lock shop, we'll hit the John Deere. Shout out to Pete Greggy and Nielsen, who had Ricky Fowler at 14 to 1 on the weekend. Everyone was quite happy about that. And uh, as I say, a lot of day games today. So not a very busy night, but a little later on, 
Uh, we've got the Pirates and Dodgers, Braves and Guardians. As I mentioned, Otani going off against the Padres, Tigers and the Athletics. And a couple late games actually starting very soon. Cubs, Brewers, Rockies, Astros, Phillies, Rays, and the Mariners and the Giants. Uh, but head on over to CoolBet for all the lines. Check the exclusives. And we will have a lock shop partner parlay for the CFL on the weekend and probably some uh, golf ones as well coming up. Um, all right, Remo, let's quickly. I do want to. I do want to discuss this hat and the hat incident from yesterday's golf yeah. round. But let's get to uh, let's get to the track tonight because we got an absolutely beautiful evening for live racing out at Assiniboia Downs. Uh, high of 22 today it does say there's going to be a chance of showers a little later on not that that matters it's obviously completely enclosed over at um at the uh, at the downs um but if you are staying at home you can also bet at hpibet.com which is where we're making our wagers for tonight because yesterday was a holiday and we had a couple things going on last week we're doubling it up today and uh, i've got a i've got a bunch of bets ready for ready for tonight remus I did a. I don't really do that, so we had to double our wager. I have a bet on every race. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Uh, why don't you uh, start it off with race number one? Okay. While race, I get to uh... race one, Silver Jaguar to win. Silver Bam. Jaguar to win. And let's see. We got to get the tracks up here. I'm sure I had a Silver Jaguar. Silver Jaguar is number four. That is correct. Race number one, I've got a one, two, four triactor. So I'm doing the things that the, the top, although this is a pretty wide open horse, but Conti, uh, just let him eat him and silver Jaguar. That is race number one. Uh, what about for race number two? Race two, I am in, I have a three, six exacta uh, box. Uh, that's formidable and wits Rojo. Or is it Rojo? Oh, so, nicely done. Is yeah. it soft I J? You think that's with, a soft uh, J or a regular J? Rojo, I believe. Uh, uh, Rojo? I'm on four. I'm on four six. Sunspot and Wits Rojo. Yeah, I was uh, moving on to race number three. I'm just betting on number two, Pickin' Riffs. To I win. like that one. That was a great name. I thought I, I have a pick and riffs. I got a tractor box one two six yellow birdie pick and riffs and dancing in the creek. I was wondering if that was a what Van Halen dancing in the street reference. <laughs> That's what I kept hearing. Oh. Uh, race number four. I am just going to number two to win. That is someone else. No, no, no. Sorry, that can't be right. Well, I got someone else to place number two. So I I'm going to, for place betting on placing, Hans. I didn't used to do that, but yeah, I'm sorry. in now. I'm putting five bucks on buy y'all. Who we buy y'all's good too. Yeah, buy y'all is in uh, on that. All right, race number five. Okay, I've got. Oh no, I've just got a triactor box on this one. Three, five, and six. Maybe sometime really slow. A favorite oh. of ours and bottle of smoke. Okay. I clearly can't read. I w otherwise, I would have bet really slow. But um, E2 Babu, mm -hmm. I'm in on to win. Uh, I like that one. I've been on that one before. Did pick yeah. up today. Went with really slow. And then race number six, 
I have two bets on this one. I've got a 10 bucks on number one double barrel elite to win. Yeah. That's and then and then I've done a triactor box, and it's not the same one where they can go in. One has to win. Yeah. And then I've boxed four, five, and seven. Okay, I like that. Four, five, and seven. Two, three, two, three, two, three. Any delay, but no, I, I need to ride with my number one. So I'm my biggest bet. My biggest move all year is on double barreled elite today with Cavion Chow. Now that's a really heavy favorite. So even if it wins, I'm curious what that would pay. But I'm going. Well, I've got one to one. So yeah, I've got I've got all night is uh, my pick. That's mine to win. Nicely done. And then what about four? Or what about race seven? I don't uh, have race seven. Race seven, I have horse one to win. Lipstick lady. That's what I'm picking to win. <laughs> oh, artesian dancer. I like that's that. a good one too. Lady Nyla's back. I like Canterbury li- Gold, man. I was out at a, I was out at a um, Canada Day party uh, on uh, on Saturday, and a couple of the guys that I was with have some horses, and the, a hilarious story basically came out of. Or one of the guys there had bought a horse two weeks ago, and it happened to be they claimed it in one of the claiming races from one of the other guys that were at the party. Yeah. And then it ran the next week and won and then got claimed again. So they basically owned this horse for one week. It ran one race. It won. And um, they made a point of uh, showing the race again up on the big screen. And our pal Neil, the former owner of the horse, was was not too pleased with the touchdown dance that he and the fellows were doing around them. Maybe we should get a couple WST horses. We're involved in the auto racing scene, Remus, mm-hmm. with Delane Racing. Maybe we could get a uh, a syndicate together of a few horses down at the Pony. Maybe we could buy Buy Y'all, our favorite. Well, what about that oh, horse that, that won the Kentucky Derby? Like, you can get fractional ownership now. Maybe we could buy it. <laughs> but speaking of... Delane Racing. He won again. We said on, on Friday he won Thursday at um whatever Victory Lane Speedway. Yeah. He just won at Kenora. Uh Kenora, Lake of the Woods Speedway on the weekend. So uh he's on a heater. Delane Racing. Rick Delane. Nice, nice. Um, all right. Hey, by the way, I gotta give a shout out to Little Brown Jug. Popped in to the uh brewery on the weekend, had a couple patio beers. God, that new patio was amazing. Uh, and I had some of my favorite generic, but they've got a new uh, sour beer that's really popular there going on right now. And this weekend, it'll be the Folk Fest Lager that's pouring because, of course, Little Brown Jug, big sponsor of the Folk Fest. And check out littlebrownjug.ca and their socials for contests potentially coming up to get you to the Folk Fest a little later on this year. All right, Reem, tomorrow or yesterday, uh, golfed with a couple of my friends. <laughs> and Ken Weeb, and I was giving a shout-out to our friends at Breezy Bend. If you want to bring the picture up right now, we can get to this. Uh, I have been hat-shamed repeatedly over the course of the last 24 hours, and I have not had this much run on anything that I've had in a long run. Here, here's some of the KK bills. So there is the hat. Paul Edmonds first yeah. said that well, he thought the brim was very flat. I, I, 
frankly, it's not flat, not compared to the snapbacks. Like this one that I'm I'm wearing right now is more of a flatter brim. For the podcast listeners, do you want to describe the hat? Yes. What? Okay. So it is a text. It's got Jets, J-E-T-S. It's navy blue. <laughs> it's a nice, uh, breathable cotton hat. Jets. And then on top of it, in sort of a blue line, Winnipeg, with a couple lines on top of it. Now, that's all you can see in the picture. Um, Looks like there's before a Jets I, Before I show it, I just want to give some of these contents, these, these comments. I said, I'm getting hat shamed. The real Ron Murray. They're not wrong. RD, as you should. It's horrendous. Uh, MJ, I don't mind it. It seems they may want you to upgrade their hat. Dwayne, that's so funny. Oh, man, not even hats are saved from the hecklers. Johnny Reality, yikes, that quite the unit. Shout out to Lone Courier, who said, not going to lie, I kind of like the hat, too. Uh, dollar Store, LOL. Is that even NHL branded? <laughs> As you should. Uh, well, come on. It's well-deserved, but you are repping the local team, so you're totally forgiven. Uh, Chris said, ironically enough, I love the hat. Uh, <laughs> Jay Boas, nice change of pace from Lawless ragging you on your glasses. <laughs> Annie McNeil, rightfully so, and Andrew B. It's got character, us, I believe. All right, Remo. Here, here, this is the hat in the picture. This is the hat. As it pertains. Now, people think that this was some Walmart bargain bin one. This is actually a brand new Fanatics hat that I think I got at a game towards the end of the season because I need a new hat. So there you are. Fanatics on the side. It's got the Jets logo on this side. And it's got the NHL, the metal NHL really? thing on the back. So... Put it this way. This just goes to show that Fanatics, authentic pros, um, you know, they're, they they certainly don't cost a bargain bin price. And when they are, you get shamed. Like, I, what what is the issue with this hat? Piece? It's a terrible hat. What? Okay. Give I me agree. your take on it. Why? Is it the action? It looks it like a knockoff. Front? It, it looks like a knockoff Jets hat. Like, that's not... That's not even the Jets' like actual font. Like it's a terrible, like the I don't know. The brim is like, man, it just doesn't look. It seems like, a, like it's a little bit of a bigger bill. I will say that it doesn't look like a licensed Jets hat. <laughs> well, what I do think you mean it doesn't look like it. It does. There's that's a not logo. Even, Here's yeah, has the a lo- NHL thing. Do you have any? You hats can't see like that this? in the picture. Anyone? I can't see the back of the hat. I'm saying Are from you the front. Giving me a hard time about oh. this. Yeah. Come on. I think it's I don't think that's a good hat. I agree. Let's I see what the Yeah, the the right brim now. does look longer than normal also. As I look from It just looks this. like a Jets dad hat. Exactly. These guys say it looks cheap. Well, listen, that's Fanatics fault. It does Howard. One of the worst hats of all time. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I I just think it, it just doesn't look like a real Jets hat. I mean, that's not their font. Um, it's not their logo that they use. Like, it's no, just, it's, it just it's says all... Winnipeg Jets on it. It's SK. That's a great hat. Shout out to you, SK. Kyle, bad purchase. I was wondering, has got that hat out of the clearance bin at Red Apple? Happy Jets fan likes Here. it. That hat is the one you would get from a 24 Veer, a very dad style hat. 
Well, it, it is. It, <laughs> this is, yes, Hustler's Hat, a, a secondary why not question of the day. Mm. Yay or nay? Are you in or out? And again, as I say, you can see it a little bit more. We've got the logo here. I'll go to the back. That silver NHL thing. The silver NHL thing is the one thing that actually does make it look somewhat official or legit. Yeah. Um, but I wore this to playoff games. I wore it to game. I didn't hear bupkiss from anybody. <laughs> Instagram? No, everyone's pretty nice on Instagram. Like the photo. You put it on Twitter, yeah, <laughs> and everyone has a hot take about the hat. I, I was somewhat stunned. I did not realize that this was a borderline hat. It's quite comfortable. It was great for a hot day out of Breezy Bend. Showed it to Corey and Breezy. It was looking great, and uh, <laughs> I think this was just a typical thing of one person saying something, and then everyone just sort of feeling like, well, I guess they need to make a negative comment too about it i stand by this hat even though i think fanatics needs to step their game up a lot more the fact that i'm getting bullied for buying one of their products should tell them all they need to know about maybe getting some better styles and whatnot for the winnipeg jets but but what can we do we're just fans we're just consumers i got a hat at a game it is very comfortable so i will say that first and foremost like it is it has done me well so far, but I would, did not expect to get that sort of blowback from people in my mentions yesterday. I'll bring the hat up. We're getting some good comments. Most people are agreeing with me. Someone said it looked like a hat that you got from Giant Tiger. Sorry, yeah, sorry Giant Tiger. I guess Tiger. Red Apple was the other one, I'm sure. There's hats. Uh, the hat looks like it was squashed in the closet for a few years before you wore it is another comment but that is kind of you know craig smith says he doesn't mind the hat and a lot of people are ripping on twitter that there's a lot of trolls there actually we didn't even talk about the twitter outage during free agency um <laughs> that was uh that was pretty brutal and i hope that those limits don't stay but uh enjoying enjoying the uh the comments here saying that you're giving some pushback here on the hat i am giving pushback right now and you know what my put i might wear this hat Every day for the rest of the week on the show. How would you like that? <laughs> don't. Well, views will go down. You won't get as many likes. Us. I think. I don't think we'll get the likes. So for the sake of the show, please, please don't do it. Uh, what is it? This is asking if I have a clip. I'm not sure. This is the back of the Is hat. it Velcro? Is What's the, the buckle on that whatever. thing? Whatever. It's like that. a, oh, it's, yeah, it's like a metal. It's not Velcro. It's not a snap. It's like the metal adjuster. Yeah, that is the NHL Fanatics Authentic Pro I hat. Think another comment is the There's head logo you, right you, there. Your head size to the hat size ratio. Uh, the hat's too small for your head is what people are saying also. That too small? What do you mean? I think if anything like this bill, <laughs> I think the bill looks extra big or something like that. Yeah, I don't, Anyways, I don't know. It's a mystery. But yeah. It's a... Well, 54, 54% to 46. I knew this would be a hot topic, and I knew there would be – it would probably wow. be very okay. close to At... even on both sides. Because, again, like Twitter, all the wise guys that always have shit to say negative, like they're the loudest ones, and then everyone else is going, oh, no, that's a pretty nice hat, huh? They don't feel the need to comment on everything. I'm not so <laughs> yeah. way to go. All you hot takers, negative, don't go down. Listen, there's a lot of people that support this hat as well that wish they could be able to pull this look off.
54% say nay versus 46. So I think you might be, might be on to something. Uh, someone said it looked like a giveaway. <laughs> giveaway hat. It was not a giveaway. It was. Did you get it from a beer box? It was. I will say this. I pretty much have all of my other hats exclusively from Royal Sports, and they have so many great ones. I've never made a mistake on this one. Mm-hmm. I had a jet skier gift card, and I was at the, um, and I think they had like I don't know, it was like a hat trick or whatever. It was twenty five percent off at the uh, at the store, so I went in, and that this is when I got this. I got this at the Jets Pro Shop. So you know, you support the NHL retailer and the team, <laughs> and you get bullied. You get bullied online and hat shamed. This is a good comment. Atrocious. Uh, Left for Dead says it looks like the hat the kid wore in the movie The Sandlot. Remember the kid uh, Smalls? What he wore that hat and Benny the Jet Rodriguez had to give him a really nice, like real baseball hat. <laughs> this was how about Royster? The hat has turned hus into sus. <laughs> well. <laughs> Uh, well, the yays are creeping up. It's forty nine fifty one. We're really, we're getting to fifty fifty exactly. here on the hat. So I don't think it's exactly. Ba- this is just a typical typical story of Twitter. How loudmouth people complaining about everything. And you think, wow, everyone thinks that. And then when you actually talk to everyone, you realize, no, no, those people aren't the majority. They're just the loudest. So I will take all of your hat suggestions under consideration and change absolutely nothing. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, wait. Someone says I have to read Nicole. Apparently Nicole's got a big chirp. Uh, he's in here all the time. I couldn't see okay. it, but people are telling me I'm missing out on this one. I can't Let's see. I, I can't see it. Lot. But uh, a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of opinions. Who would have thought Hus, that a hat could bring so many people out? Uh, absolutely incredible. Stunned. Okay, where I got to see this, Nicole. Cool has a tweet. I can't. I, I can't. This is part it. of the reason why, folks, you got to get here and you got to join us live on YouTube because this is where this is where the fans come together. <laughs> Nicole J, if someone scored a Hattie, you wouldn't think twice about throwing that yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the extra hat that you bring to the game. I know. I know. There's people out there that do bring an extra. Insane. Oh, Yin says, did a t-shirt come with, come with the hat? It is a Fanatics hat. Yes, of course it is a Fanatics. And it's the only Fanatics hat I have. Uh, that's pretty this good. this was not a unanimous poll. It was 50-50. Although I'm sure all of you hot takers on the negative side would love to think that everyone agrees with you. But guess what? They don't. Um, geez, we've gone long. Yeah. I knew this would be a hot what? topic on the, uh, the program. One more, today. one more, one more before we go. This was the fire uh twitter fight over the weekend uh i guess frank saravalli was on the nasty knuckles podcast that's with riley cote and i forget some other someone else um at flyers podcast Not raw knuckles no this is nasty knuckles raw knuckles is with yeah with tim and uh with stapleton and nylon yeah no 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 this is did he delete the tweet there's multiple nasty knuckles no, no, no. One's raw knuckles, and there's nasty yeah. knuckles. Yeah, knuckles. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah but anyways, I, Kurt Overhart entered the chat. Yeah, I think Frank deleted the tweet. Uh, good thing I screenshotted it. Hold on. Anyways, so wow. I guess he said, um, he said John Gibson has told the Anaheim that he's not playing for them anymore. Requested a trade. 
And Kurt Overhart, uh, the agent, his agent tweeted out, uh, you know, called fake news on Frank Saravalli. And Frank Saravalli came down with, oh, here it is. He did not delete it. Came down with a hammer saying, hey, Kurt, do you remember the last time you attempted to claim my reporting was false? All the best. And it was Kurt Overhart in 2020 called fake news on Frank for saying David Ludwig accepted a position with the Arizona Coyotes. And, uh, you know, a couple days later, they did announce he was named director of hockey operations for the Coyotes. So uh, Frank Saravalli calling out Kurt Overhart saying, hey, remember last time you said fake news? You were wrong. So good, <laughs> good for Frank. Uh, loved it, loved it. Um, all right, tomorrow, development camp gets going. So uh, a lot of the young talent, the uh, the bright future young faces of Winnipeg Jets hockey are going to be in town. We'll hit up that a little more post uh, free agency uh, and get more about, as I said, maybe this is just good for us. We can still talk about Hellebuck and Shifley all summer long mm-hmm. because everything is not done as well as about the blue well, line. Bombers getting ready for the weekend as well. Blue Jays continuing on. and Go Canada tonight in the Gold Cup. we got to pump Cuba and score a bunch of goals to move on. And then also, uh, there's a bunch of Jets conference calls today. Alex Ifalo and Lauren Brossois and um, Nemestikov having those. We can talk about that too. Oh, so. well, listen, I can't wait to hear the uh, the Ifalo one because Chevy, and I will leave you with this, Jet fans, and this... Nothing made me happier about this because I had heard, oh, what's up with Ifalo? We haven't heard from him. Uh, and I'm sure it would be tough to, you know, he loved Southern California, was a big part of there. I mean, it's not an easy move coming from L.A. to Winnipeg. But the one thing Kevin Sheveldayoff said was the first thing that Alex Ifalo said to him was that I'm coming to Winnipeg to help win a cup. That is the sort of attitude that we want to hear. Shoot it into my veins. Um, so uh, we'll have a we'll have some of the new players as well tomorrow on the program. Um, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget that first BP viewing party for the Blue Jays is tonight over at Boston Pizza Garden City. Shout out to uh, Celine Tremarchi for joining us. She will be hosting it tonight. And a big thanks to Jeff Hamilton and all the sponsors uh, that joined us today. Great crowd today. If you haven't already, hit that thumbs up on the way out and make sure you've hit the red subscribe button. We'll be back at it tomorrow with much more on the Jets, Bombers, and the latest in Winnipeg sports right here on your daily dose of WST. Enjoy the night. Have a great one. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.